Welcome, everybody. Why did I cut the music so early? To the Scene Countdown, I'm Sammy Gonzalez, a.k.a. The Mexcellence. I think I already said welcome to Scene Countdown, and then I said welcome to Scene Countdown again. But guess what? You're welcome to the Scene Countdown. Hi, everybody. I'm Sammy Gonzalez, a.k.a. The Mexcellence. Clear-eyed. Nothing bad has ever happened to me ever. And joining me on the other side, we have... Clear hearts can't lose. Hey, my name is Marco. What's oh, up? I don't know who I passed it to. Thanks for taking that. And on the other side, we have... What you gonna do, brother? <laughs> Hulk Hogan? Yeah. Hi, everybody. It's Hulk Hogan joining us today. It was a really hard get, but we got him. It's been years. I, I actually don't think he's that hard to get. At Hulk Hogan? He's banned from a lot of places. Uh, as long as he doesn't Gawker. say the N-word, I think we'd be okay. You think, maybe? I don't know. I mean, you think that, it, I think if we let him say the N-word, he'd definitely come oh, on well, the podcast. Well, I don't want him to say the N-word. <laughs> I'm just hoping. Let me tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need a <laughs> Fate to black. There we go. I was like, do I even have solely black? Do I have to fade to black or do I have just Why has it got to be black? Hey, Salty Crystal. Uh, I don't know. I usually, I thought I had more buttons here. Hold on, everybody. Uh, all I have in different buttons are these. Nope, that's not it. I don't there you go. Whoa. People didn't know I could do this. I'm going to play with these to make me feel happy. Anyway, moving on. Star Wipe. Star I, Wars. Yes. Today, the part of Hulk Hogan will be played by me. I'm JJ. Oh, the, the heart of <laughs> the heart of Hulk Hogan. Oh, my God. The heart he, of Hulk Hogan. God say damn that. it. What are words? He didn't say that word a lot. He said it once. It just was in a very racist sentence. Like, Wait, what I just he... watched that video a lot. <laughs> Wait, what did he say? Hulk Hogan? He was like, damn, Naysayer. why'd my daughter have to date? Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely needs. Wait, I don't have a star wipe. But I, I mean, on on the bright side for Hogan, I mean that was like ten years ago. So it's like, I mean, well, nobody you know, ever changes. You know, you know that. Uh, people, ch I do think people can change. Whether a sixty-year-old white man can change, I don't, mm, I don't that's know. That's pretty true, <laughs> and especially so directly. So directly, it's like uh, it'd be one thing if you well, like a grab I mean, lyric. Not he does change his origin story like every interview. This is true. <laughs> oh, man. Well, maybe. But anyway, well, it's Hulk Hogan that changes his origin story, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, speaking of Hulk Hogan, was that one of the first on your list? I would imagine it wasn't. But no. <laughs> today we are talking about our top five. Top five. People that we want to have dinner with. Dream dinner. 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 Good God. Dream dinner guests. So, like, five people that, uh, and the rules were, I, I threw in one, at least one fictional. You don't have to have fictional, but okay. you can. I just gave it as an option. I couldn't think of one because every fictional person is two-dimensional because they're just meant to carry the plot. Right. They're not exactly, like, super interesting outside of the plot, inside that insular story. Right. But unless they have, like, superpowers, and then you could use their real-life superpowers, which is where I kind of went. I don't know if I picked anybody fictional. I did, actually. Never mind. <laughs> but it just seems like it's a good hang. We'll get to it in a little bit. Um, but yeah, we could do dead or alive, fiction or non-fiction for at least one of them. Oh, I thought you meant the game. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's all Dante. And is that dead or alive? No. no. Shit! That's how you make cry. Fuck! Ryu Hayabusa. There you go. Oh, there you go. Um, Johnny Walker. So... <laughs> That's our list. We're going to talk about it. We're going to see what person we'd want to uh, uh, share a meal with, we'd want to uh, pick the brain of, someone that we want to get to know. Or, honestly, two of mine, at least two of them, at least two of them, are just seem like good hangs. 
You know, right, yeah. I like, got one of those. Yeah, because like I, I as, as you've seen, if you watch the pre-show or you listen to the pre-show, um, things are fun in the house of Sam right now with squirrels and shit. But um, I just need a good hang, you know. Yeah, Sally will do that. What? Yeah, Sally will give you a good time. Sally streams. Yeah. No, like our fan. No, Sally the squirrel. Like, oh, Sally! I thought you meant like long give you tall some Sally. Pie and no, Sally the squirrel needs to die. Um, for those of you who didn't listen to the pre-show, which why would you skip forty minutes into the show for no reason? Uh, I need a squirrel dead in my roof. So we're gonna keep it easy, and we're not not necessarily quick, but easy. Um, this one I've mentioned. This guy. I'm gonna start first. I'm gonna go first, just so I can get it done with. I'm not laughing at you. I'm at, I'm laughing at Maggie. Being what is like Maggie? Oscar Wilde, aside from liking young boys. And I'm <laughs> yeah, like, that's like not what you want, unless that's the question you ask him. So why are you into the things you're into? No, H.P. Lovecraft. What'd you name your cat again? Oh no, <laughs> he's. Let me tell you something. <laughs> oh my God. No. Uh, well, my number five. Honestly, this is literally just a pitch for him to be on the podcast. It's never going to happen. It's never, ever, 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 ever going to happen. Because Hulk the way Hogan. my... No, it's Hulk Hogan. It's Hulk Hogan. <laughs> it's Hulk Hogan. <laughs> dun, 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 Serenity, we're just getting started. You're not late at all. So welcome to the show. But my number five uh, is a comedian. Uh, a big bunch of my list was going to be a comedian, so I pared it down. But this is the one that's on top of mind. This guy is roughly my age. He has a... Up and coming, very successful podcast. He just released a new uh, Netflix special called uh, Fat Rascal. The Fat Rascal himself, Stavros Halkis, is my number oh, five. Hey. This guy, I caught him when everybody caught him on uh, during COVID. He just started putting out clips of his, uh, his crowd work, really. I, and I watched Hassan, so that's how I caught him. His songs, Hassan, Hassan. Hassan. Oh, yeah. and he he'd been on that show for a couple times, I imagine. I think they had a podcast together for a little bit, but he definitely guest stars on his stream, his right? Hour streams, and and you might have seen him around. You're like, who is this weird looking fat Greek guy who just looks like a depressed dad or uncle or whatever? But like, this guy. Started putting out crowd uh, works, like not specials, but clips on TikTok and whatever. And within like a year's time, just rose to stardom. Started selling out places. He went from small rooms to bigger rooms to full theaters at, at certain points. And watching him from that, seeing that he was on a previous podcast called Come Town, which the only purpose of that was to have a show called Come Town. And apparently being really great on that one, he... he Broke from that, started his own podcast, and I've been a day one listener since that new podcast, where he just gives advice and does all this stuff. And every time I listen to him with somebody in the room, he's always saying the most crass shit. He's talking about butt this and and fuck that and all this stuff. And Tarlin, we'll see you in a little bit. Thank you for joining us. He said he's taking off. But anyway, he's saying all sorts of terrible things. I was I had him on. Um when my girlfriend was here and she was just like, oh my God. And I'm like, I'm sorry. He's not usually like this because he's like, actually, no, really, no, he, he's like that. <laughs> he's like usually that. worse. <laughs> <laughs> he's like that. But the idea being that, um, he's very like liberal. He's very pro like trans pro women's rights. Like he's very, all the things that you want to check, but also in like the most dude bro way kind of things from Baltimore. You know, he has a, uh, immigrant more. Huh? Baltimore. Baltimore. And he's got an immigrant upbringing, so it's funny hearing that like his immigrant upbringing story being so similar to most Mexican upbringing stories. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we found a small community where my dad knew a guy. We all moved. My dad worked in construction. I believe his dad was a contractor or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like... Was a piece of shit. My mom, I love my mom very much, and all, and I stuck to her. I have two brothers that are cool, and I love my community, and that's what this guy's all about. So you have all these like positives, 
And then he's just like a jolly guy. And then I find myself when he's on the podcast saying the things I would say or responding the way I would say. And so like he just seems like a good hang. And then he did like a first we feast where he was talking about his top five favorite treats. And half of them were like nutty bars. <laughs> Two of them were just, one of them was a nutty bar from Debbie. Uh, Uncle Debbie, Aunt Debbie, what's her name? Little Debbie. Little Debbie. Little Debbie. And then the other one was like the soft version of it. It's like he was just like, yeah, I'm not a, I'm a simple man. And so he just seemed like a really grounded dude having found such quick success. You know, his best friend is literally uh, an Albanian guy that he gives shit to. And he made him his producer so they can hang out more. <laughs> and now he's his permanent producer. Like that's the type of guy you want, right? Is a guy that will bring you up and like make sure you're taken care of. So my number five, Stavi, come on the show. But Stavi, baby, please. Come on the show. Key, clip this. Stavi, baby, come on the show. Yes, I mean you. You'll totally... Uh, I'll go over there. Actually, let me be on your show. I'll be a, I'll be a Patreon exclusive. I was yeah. on Patreon. We almost have 100,000 on TikTok. Help us get there. Make a Mexican's dream come true. I'm just like you. I'll bring all the nutty bars you want. My number five, Stavros Halkius. Uh, Marcos. Doesn't matter. Yeah, um, number five. On the note of like people like pushing us over a little bit, like just so... Just for the audience to know, we for a little bit had an interview thing going. We just never got the editing and timing down right. And now those yeah. now those interviews are a year old. Uh, oh my god, uh, the time works. They were actually really good, meat wise. Uh, maybe we might throw them in as a exclusive Patreon content. But uh, the idea of like connecting and having fun with like random people that we vibe with isn't new to me at the very least. Right. Um, that being said, I do feel a little weird that it's just like, I had the opportunity to have an interview with Mexican OT and I didn't know he was going to be that big. Oh, man. Like he blew up last year. <laughs> Shit. God damn it. And then he blew up so big that he was on, um, he was on Cam Newton's podcast, and they were just talking about like, oh yeah, like I like drinking milk from the glass because it tastes better Jesus. than when you drink it from the car. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, like it's really good. <laughs> the only way to plastic don't cut it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, he's a really cheerful stoner guy, but I mean, he's also kind of really lovely. is that your me. pick? No, that's oh, not okay. My pick. I just thought. He's a very delightful character. I love his music, but I'm also like his parents are like, "You're gonna be a rapper," and then stop sending him to school. Like he's also very lucky that he made uh, it. To right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, Mexican OT, want to be on our show? Games. Okay, our editor, send this to Mexican OT. We'd love to have you on our show. If my parents were that supportive, I'd be like playing Overwatch professionally. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> my parents were fine, and I got this. So that's that's how fine they were. So put put that in the percentage perspective. So my number five is um, I actually just have a list of five names. They're not going to be in any particular order, but I'm just going to bounce off you a little bit. That works. And it's also a comedian. And at, his stand-up is actually pretty mid to bad. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> don't key, don't tag him in this video at all. Um, but conversationally, he's one of the funniest dudes I've ever seen. Um, he's also very good at making people feel very comfortable. Oh, I think um, I know who this is. It's it's Theo Vaughn. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Look, I'm not going to be I'm not going to be nice about it. He he's weird on me. He's weird on me. I can't get a read on him and I don't like it. <laughs> Because <laughs> other times I'm like, he's like genuine and a nice guy, and I bet you he is. No, it's because he can't hide that he's uncomfortable sometimes. That's why he'll give off weird vibes. And then later he'll talk in another podcast like, yeah, man, I just wasn't vibing with that guy and uh, tried my best to make it work. <laughs> <laughs> but 
like, but like, just some of the things he says. Like, he's a comedian. He's gonna make the funnies. Yeah. But because is he, he's from the South, right? Yeah. I mean, very clearly. But like, Louisiana, when you hear his accent, yeah. right? So he's got some like Louisiana tendencies and catchphrases, and I know he means well. But sometimes I think he'll say I might some be shit. Wrong. Well, he might say some shit, and I'm just like, ugh. I mean, like, so but it's Travis, because people like though. him. It's because people like him, though. That's the, that's how they well, both get I mean, away with it. I was know? about to say, in general, if you're confident about it and you're not actually acting on those beliefs like Mel Gibson per se. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, eating sandwiches and whatnot, getting yeah. drunk, yelling at people. Like, that was Hasselhoff. I don't, yeah, know. Was like, like, I don't know what I'm talking about. He's a, Both these people are entertainers. They're meant to entertain you and that's by walking like a weird edge. No, Bobby Lee. Oh, Bobby Lee's pal. Oh, <laughs> oh, Bobby Lee. <laughs> I'm like, this isn't Bobby Lee's pal, but Bobby Lee's pal also says things that are very. Oh, like, shit. The guy, yeah, the guy from Dave. I just know he's. Uh, or, yeah. yeah. I watched that podcast like last night. They had, Stav- they had Stavros on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do think that it is. Like, there's just a different that we need to accept that there is a difference between people that are actually prejudiced, racist, and all this other shit. And then that's just like people just kind of doing it for uh, a lull. And there, right. there is punching down and punching up. Like, not Theo Vaughn or Stravos tell anti-trans jokes and shit like that. Right, sure. right. They're not they're not picking on anybody. They're yeah. just... He, his thing is just like... He'll be like, I love Mexicans, dude. They work so fucking hard. They're like the hardest working people. And then he'll say something like at the end where I'm like, ah, you almost had it. You were almost well, perfect. He's half Nigerian. Or not Nigerian. His family's from Nicaragua. His dad's from Nicaragua. Okay. <laughs> That's not Nigerian, first of all. That was, no, no, that I was know, very I know, surprising. No, no, no. Yeah. Uh, I was trying to correct myself. No, you're, yeah. good, you're good. You're good. Um, but yeah, no, that's why he'll say some of those jokes sometimes, where right. it's just kind of like, oh yeah, like I, and I mean, even on that side of throat, I mean, that's a positive stereotype at least. Like, I don't, I don't know what to say. Like, it's Bobby Lee's friend is actually the one that like, oh, like he makes Asian accents and shit. And, but right. it's still like, he's obviously not racist against Asians. He's been in more Asian films than anyone that I know. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Sorry. I'm trying to search on Google and I don't know if my enter button's not working. Yeah. Because I was looking up this clip. I want to look up this clip. Oh, and uh, just look the same. I didn't say that. Whoa. <laughs> no. <laughs> what you going to do? What you going to do? Hold on. No, I, I do want to find this clip because it was one where people were... Um, um, hold on. Actually, right now, the only... like Because Theo Vaughn is not funny in his stand-up like, at all to me. It's just when he has people on and vibes with them, like, he's a very good hang. Right. But it's, right now, the only joke or sound clip I remember is, like, makes you want to kick a fat kid at Kmart. <laughs> sure. Sure. No, it's this video of him sitting with this wrestler. Uh, a wrestler? Fighter? Sean oh, Strickland? Sean Strickland, yeah. Sean Strickland. And Sean Strickland was talking about like some of the abuse he had gone through in his childhood. Yeah, no, you can just type Sean Strickland crying and it'll come out. Like yeah. I put I posted that on my Instagram the other day. But it was just it's when you watch the whole interview, it's he's actually just asking him, like, what was your favorite subject in school? And then it just goes from there. It's like, I didn't go to school. Why didn't you go to school? Because I started going to school and then I got kicked out because I would stay up at night because my mom was beating the shit out. No, my dad was beating the shit out of my mom. Right. So I used to stay up to protect my mom kind of thing. And then it just kept building and building to it's just like, he just has this big eureka moment that it's just like, 
the way that I grew up made me stop believing in God, and he starts crying. And right. I was just like, damn. Right. I mean, and I'm not going to show it just to, I mean, I was crying earlier, but yeah. like, that's what it's about, right? You got to have your homies that you can cry in front of. And Theo Vaughn definitely is somebody that this big bad wolf type of guy yeah. was crying in front of and made space for and made him comfortable and welcome. School system's like, oh, Sean, like, he's just a bad kid. They don't realize I'm up till three o'clock in the right. morning. Like, and he starts to up. talk, man. I can just sit here with you for a minute. <laughs> yeah. And like, and like, so when you see something like that, like this guy's an empathetic dude at the very least. And that's genuine. And, and then when you, you mentioned it before the show, Marcos talking about being genuine, people like people who are genuine and, and yeah, that's a very genuine moment. So you're number five. Deal Vaughn. Yeah. Yeah. JJ, what's your number five? I'm going to call out. Thank you, Christina. What? Thank you for subscribing for a year. Thank oh, you my for... God. 163 gift subs for the channel for Christina. Damn. And 164 for Rito's Modern Life. Thank you so much for supporting, Christina. You know how much we su love your support and everybody who's donated support. On to JJ. You're the only fun. Uchiha I agree with. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, actually, I didn't write them down because I thought it would be too obvious, but I'm going to piggyback writing this wave of comedians okay. and entertainers. My number five also has a podcast, very popular. It's probably one of the best interviewers I've ever seen. The king of late night. Oh. <laughs> oh Sean Evans, <laughs> you're one of the hot ones, truth or nab? <laughs> no, it's uh, honorable mention. Hey, I, guys. I will totally go eat some hot wings. Yeah, hey, actually, yeah, number five, number four. Can I just go on hot ones? <laughs> anyway, you're number five. My number five. Oh, I, I am giddishly excited to be Conan O'Brien's friend. Oh, yeah. Conan, <laughs> I, 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 I look at you know me. Never watched Simpsons. Never watched a lot of stuff he did. But then I found Conan's podcast, you know, Conan Needs a Friend. Is it Conan Needs a Friend? Yeah. Conan yeah. O'Brien Needs a Friend. Yeah. And, man, he's smart. Like, I, I, that's me finding him out, right? Mm. He is smart as shit. And like, and not like super brilliant and like intelligent wise, but just the way his brain works. No, no, no. He's not like <laughs> no, yeah, I spouting rocket yeah. science. He went to Harvard, right? Yeah, he did go to yeah, Harvard. Yeah, so he's a smart guy. one of the things that he wishes <laughs> no one knew. Oh, why? Was that, or I guess why in particular. I've, it, seen, I've heard him say it. It's because uh, when you say, oh, he went to Harvard, you, he, there's this like air of like aristocracy and like giftedness that comes with it and he's like right. that's so not me right. i had to work my fucking ass off right to be able to like get an interview at harvard right. so for me to actually get in i broke my back five times over right and if i could have gone to if i wanted to, i probably would pick a different school now right i think what he's trying to say um but i've been a fan of his since i was like 10 years old like right. when i was barely discovering what late night was i watched jay leno and some of his puns make me laugh so mm -hmm. like i would stay up and watch him or, and then you know conan would follow him and he, conan's humor and his writing staff everything on that show was just so in tune with my own sense of humor right and it was probably because you know he wrote for the simpsons and yeah it was built your Simpsons. humor yeah right yeah so it was like i unaware completely at that time that like oh this guy has had a like key to my funny bone right the entire time you're right and just 
finding him kind of like pseudo organically, like just, Oh shit. Like this guy's funny. Um, <laughs> whenever he interviews someone, it, it's more personal. Like I always felt like Jay was just like, let's get to the clip. Right. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. But with Conan, like Paul Rudd had this running gag for yeah. years. <laughs> Mac and me, right? Was it Mac and me? Yeah. Yeah. And, and he still did it when he showed up on Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Right, he's like, oh, I got something to promote. And then he put a clip of a kid in a wheelchair falling off a cliff, which out of context is insanity. But no, like, I don't even know what this clip is, but like, because I watched so much of the podcast during COVID, I believe, um, uh, he has a, uh, a producer friend uh, called Sona. Yeah. And so I guess he that has was beef his with assistant. their assistant. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. He's got beef with Sona's son. And so I don't even know what this clip is, but I know it's going to be funny because he's beefing with a child and because he's so mean to his fucking partners. Charlie haven't gotten any better. And I think that I you... have beef with Charlie. Yeah. yeah but it's, it's been months. <laughs> when I was doing my shtick and man, was I working it. <laughs> he wasn't going for it. So I decided, all right, uh, I'm just. We're not, this isn't happening. Like, just the idea of him beefing with a one-year-old, you yeah. know? And the funny thing is, also, he's my height, so... He's people, also, yes. <laughs> seeing people, like, freak out to how tall he is, he's my marker for how tall people are in Hollywood, because when he's towering over people, which is also very funny about him, um, I know that I'm as tall as him. Hold on, Conan. Oh, Brian Height. I think he is 6'4". Six, 6'5". Six, oh, no, getting dwarfed by the 6'4 Conan. What? Oh yeah, no, the rock's six five. He must be six six then. Cause I'm about as tall as the rock. Rock is six four. And if he's that tall, that means he must be six five, six six. So Rock, you're lying, because I'm I was about as tall as him. He wasn't taller than me. So Yeah. Anyway. And to your point of him being smart, uh when he lost the Tonight Show, mm-hmm. he gave this uh beautiful speech, like very well spoken. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, to be honest, when like I'm feeling down on myself, or when I just need like a little pick me up, I watch that on YouTube. Really? Yeah. Huh. How long is it? I think it's like maybe two minutes long. It's not very long. Uh, hold on. Was it day, was the it night? Conan O'Brien speech tonight show? Speech. Wow, I know how to spell speech. Tonight <laughs> show. I, well, I put a e a c h. This one right here. The third. This first one. Monologue. No, um, maybe you try Conan O'Brien on cynicism. Nobody in life gets exactly what they thought they were going to get. But if you work really hard and you're kind, amazing things will happen. I'm telling you, amazing things will happen. <laughs> I still get choked up watching. It. Oh, I mean, I would if I wasn't already crying. But <laughs> but no, nah, I mean, we'll see. I'll, I'll try to listen, Conan. You're still alive. You're not dead or anything, but I'll still no. try. No, I want to be his friend. Conan, <laughs> Conan O'Brien. I'm filled with girlish glee. <laughs> Key edit this. Conan O'Brien, put us on your podcast. <laughs> Everybody who has a podcast, put us on your podcast. We'll be really fun. You can I put did, us on the Patreon. Joe Jira, I did love Craig Ferguson. <laughs> oh, Craig Ferguson was dope. My dad actually liked Craig Ferguson out of all of the late night hosts for the longest time. But that's your number five. My number four is very easy. We're going into the world of fantasy. This is my only fantasy pick. Only one allotted. Pegasus fantasy. I don't know what song you're talking about, but I'll go with it. <laughs> I'll definitely go with it because my my number four is a, is a good hang already. Um, I don't do... This is actually not even like a dinner. This is more like we eating snacks on a hillside because I saw it. <laughs> I saw it in the movie. Oh, I want to have a romantic picnic with Conan. Oh, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of a picnic, kind of, 
But um, the guy. Oh, yeah. Maybe the musical cue for those of you who are in tune with the, the musical cues. Uh, we'll pick it. My number. Master Seagal. Steven Seagal, <laughs> and we're eating a carrot. We're eating one <laughs> carrot between the two of us, taking bites, alternating that of one of another. Look up Steven Seagal eating a carrot. Um, you're welcome. No, my number four is Gandalf. I want okay. to fucking smoke right. a pipe weed with my buddy Truly. on a hillside. Weed in the <laughs> I want him to make boats out of the smoke. That's like the only thing I want, really, is me to make a ring, which I can't do, and for him to fucking blow a ship. How do I find somebody that can solve all my ails? And I don't think anybody could, because I thought like Professor X, maybe he reads my mind and finds out what's wrong. But I never, but he never fixed anybody's mental anguish. I was about to say, he's not a therapist. He's, right. Uh, <laughs> right. Because he, he, he can stop you from touchy, unless your X-Men power is sadness. He really. <laughs> <laughs> really <laughs> might be. Bro, my fucking X-Men power might just be sadness. He no. might just be like, I can block out these memories. <laughs> right. Oh That's my God. I should have fucking picked. Hey, hey uh, Professor X, can you make me forget a bunch of shit real quick no because i was like he can go to people's right, minds right. but like he couldn't fix wolverine and all his traumas so like well, he... no there was a bullet in his head well yeah but in the movie actually <laughs> wolverine might be the only person he did fix well <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't through superpowers <laughs> no, it was through the power of love and getting stabbed but, in like the chest he was able Logan. to block out the phoenix force for not forever but for a while <laughs> right. long enough <laughs> right but peacetime I... gandalf he seems like he would just be a good hang. Like Bilbo has all corrupting power in his possession, and he's like, "Bilbo, it's fine. We'll get rid of it. Just give me the ring. I'll give it to your nephew, and I'll send him on an adventure. And I'll kind of help him out along the way." See, pragmatic. Like, um, along uh, when I was thinking of someone fictional, I thought of the old sage character because they exist in every story that's right. ever. It's fucking Obi Wan. Uh, Gandalf, so on and so forth. Uh -huh. And I was just like, but all those people only exist to help you in that story for the most part. Right. So and the he'll only be in my story. So, so, and he's not on my list. Oh. But the only fictional character that I realized that could help me with modern day problems is William Knife Man. <laughs> oh, because young warrior, because <laughs> he's literally made to help modern people with modern problems. <laughs> I'll give William knife man. You should have invited him. Should have invited him. No, somebody. Uh, Bad G said Uncle Iroh was. It would have been his sage. Uncle Iroh's a good pick. That's um, a solid pull. But yeah, I needed. I I went classic sage man, and I, and I go pipe. But the pipe weed was the big sell, honestly. And like you know, he could probably make fireworks. He could do a bunch of magic tricks. We'd hang out on the Shire eating salt pork and whatever the fuck they got in the Shire. Uh, I would limit myself to Shire foods. And um, lots of beer, second breakfast, pints of beer, because I know they got pints. And then run off, <laughs> run off to of, get it. I think they eat a lot of potatoes. I'm, I'm sure. fucking down with that too. Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. What's taters, precious? What's taters, eh? That was reversed, but I got it right. I know that line <laughs> word for word. I haven't seen the last two in fucking ages. I need to watch them again. But that first one I saw recently, and I was like, man, Gandalf's such a cool fucking guy. My number four, Gandalf being such a cool fucking guy. Don't worry, my other ones get more in-depth, but Gandalf's just such a cool fucking guy. Number two, going four. to you. Number two. Your second one, Marcos. <laughs> I, I will say I do have a request to William Knife Man's Last Words. It's like a 30-second clip. It's not very long. Do you want me to play it? Yeah. Okay. Just because I was just like, the, his whole, if you saw the three seasons of Reservation Dogs. There's three like, seasons now? That's yeah. it. That's it. And that's it's it. over. Stop. Oh, I saw the first one. When did the third one come out? Last year. Like, Shit. I didn't know the third one came out already. They, Shit. They, they buried it. Like. 
they did not promote that at all. Oh, <laughs> motherfucker. And I'm, I have my ear to that shit, too. Uh, this one right here? Last goodbye? Yes. Okay. An amazing community, and I'm just proud to be a part of it. Ah, there it is! Finally! You got it! That's what I've been trying to tell you! We don't need more chiefs, we need more warriors! Ah, 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 ah. There you go. <laughs> William Knife Man. Ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I watched, well, that being said, I did watch all of Echo, and it might as well be a continuation of the first season of, because the girl's in it too, one of the girls from uh, Reservation Dogs. Well, yeah, because... There's uh, like five, yeah. Between um, Killers of the Flower Moon and Reservation Dogs, I'm pretty sure I know every Native American actor at this point. <laughs> That's fair. That is I'm not trying fair. to be mean, but... Oh, I'm no, fine. there's like five of them, like I said. I'm pretty sure there's a ton of crossover that not having watched the other two seasons of Reservation Dogs excludes I've- in... I that think one. there's only two people from, in, from Reservation Dogs and Killers of the Flower Moon. Think. Maybe. Maybe. Um, but my number four is not very deep, so that's why I had to be like, all right, while we're on this deep thread, let me throw, <laughs> throw that out. And it's uh, it's just Kenny Omega. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Street Fighter, Kenny <laughs> Omega. Solid choice. So, The cleaner. <laughs> My biggest interest is people that are multifaceted. They can do a whole bunch of different fucking cool shit. And a guy that like makes video games and is a wrestler and is actually funny in every all his delivery and little skits that he makes online, uh, right up my alley. And in general, he's just cut from my thread. Right. Of just nonsense and buffoonery, <laughs> but also being pretty good at what he like, the best at what he does. Uh, top three of Wolverine, or two, depending on who you ask, kind of. Thing. And you're talking about in all of wrestling, like WWE in all and all of wrestling of it. ever, really, actually ever. Yeah, yeah. Like all timer. Yeah. I know he was good, but like all timer, you. So it depends on two spectrums. So it's like Rock John C- I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I know. No, I'm I know. Like, it depends on John Michaels, <laughs> Kenny it- Omega, AJ Styles. Yeah. Those are like the three uh, names that are going to get mentioned like more often than not. Right. That's crazy. I did not. One of these guys is Kenny Omega, right? No, no the guy who comes out after is Kenny Omega. Yeah. yeah. Uh, fucking Akuma is Kenny Omega. That's right. There he is. <laughs> <laughs> He's a giant nerd. And he's also six foot four, actually. That might be the only thing he has. There you go. <laughs> so everybody who's just... great is six foot four. <laughs> Fuck you, Abraham Lincoln. You're too tall. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's um uh, there's a clip where he uh, where he is just going back and forth with the new day, and that is probably like the moment I fell in love with Kenny Omega. Because it wasn't his wrestling, it was just him challenging the New Day to a Street Fighter tournament. Oh, well, I mean, here's the Street Fighter tournament, but we're going to get copyright stricken, I'm sure, on both wrestling and Street Fighter, so... But there he is talking shit. Impressed by the, the Street Fighter that we saw from the team. There you go. But no, yeah, no, I mean, hey, Kenny Omega, if you have uh, a podcast... His underta- no, he doesn't have a podcast. Oh, okay. I, I, the, from here on out, none of my people have a podcast. Okay. <laughs> Kenny Omega, if you have a podcast, key, send this to Kenny Omega. Yeah. <laughs> everybody, we're going to be I pitching mean, I think everybody. Kenny O's pretty like chill. Like He might actually say yeah. Kenny <laughs> Omega, these guys love you. They're, if he's in town, he might be like, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> Ken, fine, I'll do the pitch. Kenny Omega, these guys told me and taught me about who you are. They've liked you for a long time, and they made me know that you were important to wrestling, and they've also named you top three. So be on our podcast. Thank we you. We got to make sure Edward's here when that happens. And also our friend Edward's coming. Don't get mad. <laughs> but you're number four. Your second one. 
It's Kenny Omega. Yeah. With sub with with spirit of uh, William, William Knifeman <laughs> in the background <laughs> giving advice. JJ, you're number four. My number four. So I'm going to kind of piggyback off of Mark here. My guy is also multifaceted, also athletic, a uh, bit of a philosophizer. I know However, exactly, and then, you know what? I created the rule of fictional just to make sure you got the right version. Not not fictional. Wow, real guy. I'm gonna have to borrow Gandalf for a second so he could use his scroll of resurrection. Okay. My number four is Bruce Lee. Oh, I almost picked Bruce Lee. <laughs> I almost picked Bruce Lee on the chance that I saw uh, off chance I saw a TikTok. And he was just like, you need to not fear death or embrace failure and all this stuff. Like, it's your number four. Yeah. It's Bruce Lee. I love Bruce Lee. I love this pick. I love Bruce Lee. Uh, high school JJ went into this real, like, Bruce Lee thing. <laughs> oh, I mean, look at, look at uh, high school Sam also kind of went into the Bruce Lee thing. I kind of know how to quote a lot of Bruce Lee. I was about to say, do you also wear dragon shirts? I had the dragon shirt with the flames on it in sixth grade. I did have a dragon. That was just I know you cool. <laughs> I also had a dragon bucket hat with like flames on the brim. <laughs> it was so fucking cool, JJ. It's so fucking cool. <laughs> oh, that that hat fucked. <laughs> that hat, that's, that still fucks. It's probably in the circles of the new kids I now. I don't know where it is. I hope my mom didn't throw it. Out. I hope so too. Because you can sell it for probably fifty bucks <laughs> to some kid who's born in two thousand four, going like so retro and cool. So. Anyway. Yeah, Maggie was there. She Ma- saw the hat. Maggie saw the hat. <laughs> Dragon JJ? Is that another alternate version of yourself? Dragon JJ? It will be now. <laughs> it better be. Nice, JoJo. No, yeah, but I just, like, I grew up on kung fu movies. <laughs> so, like, mostly Jackie Chan, like, because he was the thing. Oh, yeah, he's the one that got there. introduced yeah. everybody rush hour. All those ones. And then you kind of go, oh, wait, on, was it not TBS? If you had cable, you would catch some of the old uh, kung uh, fu, just generic kung fu movies. I was about to say, like, I'm, I might be one of the few people that didn't get in through the Jackie Chan door because I didn't have cable. Where did you find them? No, I didn't. I um, had Spanish TV. Right, but I'm not going to count the dude from Best of the Best. Three. No, no, no. I was going to say, <laughs> um, they had the Bad Jet Lee movies, like Contract Oh, Kill. yeah. yeah. <laughs> The defender, the de- right. not the protector. <laughs> the, the defender. defender. <laughs> yeah. cool. No, but uh, but they also shared the Jackie Chan. I saw Who Am I before I saw Rumble in the Bronx. <laughs> that I actually didn't mean. Not me too. I, I didn't see Rumble in the Bronx so much later. Yeah, but, but oops, oh, I spoiled it. Uh, yeah, and I got to see Rumble in the Bronx in theaters. That was awesome. Thank you, Alamo Draft House. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, yeah, I I've always loved uh, kung fu movies. They've just always like spoken to this primal uh, thing in me. Plus, I also was born very with very Asian features. That's fair. I've kind of outgrown them a little bit. I like to think, but yeah, when I was super young, uh, one of my neighbors nicknamed me Liu Kang. <laughs> oh my god! Because yep. I fucking looked like that. Checks out. That checks out. <laughs> Your short films, you were also playing an Asian. Yeah, I was also about the same height. <laughs> oh, well, that works too. I didn't realize he was that short, though. Yeah, yeah. he's only like five foot seven. No, oh, okay. So he's slightly taller than me, like right. an inch. Right. 
But in that one inch, you can punch the shit I out mean, of you. Sometimes, sometimes an inch is all it takes. <laughs> well, that's gonna say when it comes. Well, to then why did you overdo it with seven, JJ? <laughs> Come on. When it comes to people that are multifaceted, like I talked about, my favorite kind of people. This is a dude that is legit a martial artist. Like yeah. he invented the idea of UFC. 20 years before the idea of UFC. Right. The, the idea for his movie in Game of Death where he'd fight a different combat style. <laughs> I know he level. didn't get to make the movie because right. he died. Well, he didn't finish it. He did most of it. <laughs> but um, that idea of mixing different combat styles, like he made that idea in 1975 and we would not see it again until Jean-Claude Van Damme fought different fighting styles in Bloodsport. Like, yeah. right? like yeah. He was so far ahead of his time. He was. Yeah. And then you add... Martial artist, movie star, and his philosophy like is amazing. Honestly, it's actually yeah, pretty deep. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I mean, don't think I didn't quote this for hours and hours on end. Not anger. Now try again with me. <laughs> Never take your eyes off your opponent, even when you bow. That's it. And so there would just I... be all sorts of whimsical. Whimsical fortunes in your dinner. So I hate how good that movie looks in the sense that that was the only movie he made with an American studio. After that, they were like, he gets racistly pushed out of America and goes back to China. Right. And he never really... I mean, he makes another movie, but that's where Game of, why Game of Death looks like that. Right. Come yeah. <laughs> Oh man, game of death. I mean, just him fighting. Chris. That's the other cool thing too. It's like, what if we just fought LeBron James? Like, who, like, who else would be like, you know, LeBron James? You're gonna do kung fu now, and you're well, gonna actually be pretty good at it. Kareem too. was legit one of his students, right? That's what I'm saying. But like, imagine being that respected, right? Movie star, actor, and then also just fighting the hell out of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, which is a pretty cool fight scene. And I, that's what I love about his fight scenes also, just how far back they're shot and how good they are. Well, did you ever, because I used to watch a lot of Bruce Lee documentaries and stuff. Uh, yeah. Did you know that they had to like slow down the way that him and Kareem Abdul would fight? Because oh, yeah, because he was just too slow. Too fast. Couldn't catch it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or rather, Kareem was too slow for him and then also for the camera. Uh, I So... With Bruce Lee, there's a whole lot of mythos, and some of it is obviously exaggerated. Right. But, like, it's very hard to parse that, especially, you know, from our generation where mm -hmm. we, at least me, I'm born way after he died. Right. And, I mean, you guys as well. But, like, uh, so I would go down the rabbit hole when like Wikipedia was new mm -hmm. and I was reading like little tidbits about Bruce Lee. And some of them are like, all right, this has got to be bullshit. And right. it ends up being true. Right. But the one that stuck with me was that like, oh yeah, Bruce Lee just kept destroying punching bags. Oh my gosh. So he was like, uh, all right, fuck this. I'm just going to make one out of like lead. So Jesus. <laughs> but like, it's probably not true. It's probably one of those that like, all right, you're you're exaggerating it. Like he probably did go through a lot of punching bags, but he didn't like start building shit right. <laughs> himself. Um, well, it's a seven hundred pound <laughs> yeah, punching bag. But there was one where it was like, oh no, yeah, he built a dummy that would react to his movements because he was like two down. So he had to fight robots, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. But a seven hundred pound. And he's kicking the shit out of it, punching bag. So, like, 
No, Bruce Lee, uh, it's kind of like that thing where um, the same type of mythos happens with Bo Jackson. If, you, if you've ever heard of any of his feats, but then there's also like high res film of him like, oh, climbing up a wall and catching something out of the air, yeah. you know? And like Bruce Lee was even more mystical, not because he did martial arts, but because he was just a bit older, a couple, you know, a decade earlier, two decades earlier even. Um, and so, no, that's a wonderful choice. You're number four. Well, martial arts didn't get demystified until the mid nineties. Well, I mean, honestly. to, to yeah, be fair, we still had a like, whole I mean, era of uh, fake martial artists. Yeah, because like, when when you, you got the touch of death, I was about to, <laughs> I was about to say blood sport. The, the whole ice touch of death, not real. The demock. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, guys, well, guys. I mean, look at also you, kumite is Japanese for spar. <laughs> it does not mean tournament. <laughs> right, but at the same time, guys, look at. I'm just saying. You know, I'm a big fan of. Street Fighter, big fan of Kung Fu. I'm just saying that I don't see a bunch of uh, women in downtown Los Angeles spinning fire and stretching because they know yoga. That's all I'm saying. Well, the mystery is still there a little bit. There's so many articles I read about early UFC that they were like, someday, like, really soon, UFC 3, we're going to see a fireball. Like, I just know it. <laughs> just some guy's going to come down from a mountain. He's going to be Dalsim. And he's like, you'll go fire. I mean, yeah, that, that, that tracks because, yeah, there was a bunch of fake martial artists that would be like, I, I'm i using, like, my psychic key. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hold on. To, like, yeah. Hold, on. Hold on. Fake martial Steven Seagal is kind of like that for real. <laughs> Hold on, hold on. No, JJ, you, you pulled up one of my favorite clips of all time. Hold on, Marshall artist gets trucked. There was a guy who was, oh my God, truckered? What's going on here? There, no, there was a guy that said he had force fields. Like he could yeah, make yeah, yeah. force could, fields. And he could block your shit. And he could block your shit. Hold on. Uh, fake martial artist force field. Yeah, Let's see if I can find it. All of his students try to like yes. jump on him. Yes. So this guy's like, I can make force fields and all you gotta do is take your key and just put it in front of you. Focus it in front of your body. So what I need you to do is I need you to to start creating it. Put it in front of your body and I'm gonna run full speed at you and you're gonna be able to stop me and you're a middle-aged woman who's paying me lots of money. Only energy in. And I'm gonna let you watch it. Pull it down. Oh, well, well. And, and then they got fucking Goldberg. <laughs> more power, more power. Good. Doom, 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 doom. Doom, 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 doom. Hold on, let me skip ahead. Uh, for oh shit. So, <laughs> so the dude that was um, crying in the Theo Von skit, Sean Strickland. They just he'll he'll just show he actually might show up on this podcast if we invited him. Kind of thing. <laughs> but he the the Detroit. Police guy invited him to the to do a defense thing with. Oh, him. the guy with the yeah, the guy with the fake guns, and he's always like, "All you gotta do is just grab the gun and twist the rim and do this and that, and you're well, fine." Sean Strickland didn't play along, so it was just like, "Oh, if somebody punches you, you do this," and he's like, "What if I just did that?" And he just like meant to like. Just kind of toss Apple, him a little he, bit, right. but he threw him straight into like the display case filled with guns. <laughs> and then afterwards, he was like, he got, he was on, and he's like, no, bro, we were in the middle of a demonstration, and you said I could do it, right? Like, <laughs> you're just full of shit. Right. <laughs> hey, well, you know what? These guys that I mentioned earlier about the key, the yeah. key is real, man. Look at this lady. That guy looks like a, die, a guy that dies in Mortal Kombat. 
Yeah, but Shang Tsung taking his soul right there. Nah, nah. You see, the thing is, <laughs> <laughs> nobody like did this fake seizure to like all the power consume me. Hold on, I just want to just do this real quick. She's got the same thing as Itadori from Jujutsu Kaisen. <laughs> like her, her cursed energy is delayed. <laughs> Hold on, let's see if I can. I go one frame. Nope, just her broken tailbone. Bam. Hold on, play it, play it. Look at that bacon. <laughs> Golly! Sweet tackle. Fucking Ray Lewis, dude. <laughs> and then she's just like crying. It's not even funny. It's just crying. I mean, it's a little funny, but uh, that's your number two. My number three. Well, my number three is actually a real answer. And uh, this one here. <laughs> here's the thing. The reason why I'm asking it and want him to be my number three is because I don't think I'd like him. Correction, I like him. Mm-hmm. I don't think he'd like me. I don't think he's a, like a guy who likes other people that aren't in his world and in a circle. And I don't know if I'd be able to breach that. Um, but he's a cool guy. And I would make him make the food because he's trained to make the food. And um, he has a lot of movies that I enjoy. He started one of the biggest franchises in cinema history. Uh, one of the best Christmas movies of all time. I think you can finally figure it out with that one. My number three Bruce is John Willis. Favreau. No, not John. <laughs> Bruce Willis. He, he, he can't have dinner anymore. Aww. I mean, he can. He it's all mashed potatoes, I okay? About, I was about to say, he just won't say much. <laughs> no, it's not Ronald McDonald. <laughs> Ronald McDonald did not make any films other than Mac and Me, which but was you, not you one of my feel, favorites. And you, and you do seem like someone that would get along with John Favreau. I thought you were going to name someone like in a completely different alien circle. No. That dude's a fucking nerd like us. Right. But like he always seems like more, he seems a little like uh, abrasive. There you go. Like if you're not on the same page as him on certain things, I think he comes off as a little abrasive. I watched the chef show like religiously. I love that show. The movie chef, Iron Man one's fucking amazing. Elf is the movie I'm referring to. Like, and then he's like, (laughs) (laughs) Emeril Lagasse. Bam! Bam! <laughs> no, um, no. I love John Favreau. I like all the things that he's in, and he just seems like the one. Cre- he's the one creative guy on my list. You're the so last money, two. baby, and you don't even know it. Right? What <laughs> is that? What he says? No, that that's what Vince Vaughn says to him in Swingers. Uh oh, I did not watch Swingers. Oh, but well, <laughs> I caught him later where he didn't do all those weird other movies where he's like Swingers uh, is actually pretty good. He was a football player in what is it, The Longest Yard? I think like he's just like in random spots. I didn't know yeah. he was an actor before. <laughs> I didn't know he was in The Longest Yard, and I've seen that movie like three times. Yeah, he's a football player in something. I forgot what it was though. Hold on, let's see. John Favreau. Oh, he's in The Replacement. Oh, that's what it was. That's that's what I watched. I love that movie. He's the SWAT guy. The, I, yeah, there. Yeah, it is a replacement. There you go. Yeah, yeah. And like, it not look like the guy that we all know and love, but it's the guy that we all know and love. And that's what I'm saying, right? He has his big career in movies, and then he does the Chef Show, becomes a pretty good damn cook chef altogether because he's friends with Roy Choi and all those other guys. And yeah, he was in Ben Affleck's Daredevil as Foggy. That's right. Shit, he's fucking Foggy I, Nelson. I've actually yeah. never seen Ben Affleck's Daredevil. It's not very good to my <laughs> recollection. I like Michael Clark Duncan and everything he is in, though. But anyway. um... Yeah, he just seems like a cool guy that I could get along with, that I could actually pick his brain about creating, and I would really want to, because it's not like he's this uber-smart, over-intellectual guy, he's not making uh, real super deep movies, but every movie he makes has a lot of heart and soul to it, and has a lot of, like... The right, well, the writing's always well done. The characters are always well-meaning, but flawed. And I'm like, how do you get to some of these places that you go to? How do you figure out some of these things, like... Because even, like, uh, Elf is a little abrasive. Like, the the writing in it. Like, the dad and everything. And, like, how the kind of the... Um, 
what's the word? Uh, the lack of Christmas spirit at the beginning. Like, that's real abrasive. Like, for somebody who's trying to watch a happy-go-lucky Christmas movie until you find the spirit of Christmas at the end. Iron Man, you know, Tom, Robert Downey Jr., that's the perfect thing that you want. You want a guy who's charming, smart, and abrasive, and a guy who can create a movie that portrays all that. And then he makes me a delicious grilled cheese sandwich. And whatever other food that he so desires, I try it. He seems like a cool guy to talk to. And he keeps good company, like all the people that he hangs out with on that show, all seem like cool people that I'd want to hang out with too. So I want John Favreau to cook me a meal and uh, hang out with him. And I think it'd be a good time. Um, nothing in particular, but I was like, well, I want someone creative. And that was the first person I could think of that was still alive, one, because I didn't want to use too many of my dead picks. Um, but two that I actually like just about everything he's done. So my number, and that I've seen anyway, so my number three is John Favreau. Marcos, we'll pass now to your number three. So my number three is also a jack of many trades. Um, he came in, the first time that I really experienced him was in a movie that'll teach you everything about how to live right, and that's Predator. So it's <laughs> Jesse the, the Body dip? Ventura. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Slice your chest in front of a battle? <laughs> Jesse the Body Five Ventura. <laughs> but no, no, he's got no time to bleed. That's what I know. <laughs> Stephen Chow. Oh, my favorite quote of his, I cannot say. <laughs> what is his favorite quote? You could say it. If does it have a slur? It does have a slur, so I will I will censor, censor the slur. Yeah. <laughs> Bunch of slack jawed oh! <laughs> This yep. stuff will turn you into a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus. <laughs> Just like me. <laughs> that's right. Oh, that's a great movie. That's a great but no, this great guy character. was literally one of the first Navy SEALs that have ever existed. He went through Buds before the it was Buds called program. before yeah. it was called Buds. Um Got out of it, became a hell's angel for a little bit. <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> after that, became a wrestler for a little bit. And he was damn good at it. <laughs> damn good at it. Try to unionize the WWF. That's pretty uh -oh. fucking tight. I yeah. don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he tried to unionize them, and then when Hulk Hogan ratted them out to Vince. Mm -hmm. Vince, let me tell you something, brother. <laughs> <laughs> that goddamn Jesse the Body Ventura <laughs> trying to unionize. He was like, well, all right, Vince, if these guys are too dumb to stand up for themselves, I'm just going to go be an actor where they have a union. Right. Yeah. Right, and there you go. If you watch this podcast, it's Jesse Ventura and Theo Vaughn. <laughs> so there you go. Go watch that later. Oh, Theo Vaughn, successful governor of Minnesota. That's like, right. Was that's he was he is he liberal or Republican or what is he? He was a libertarian, but he's also always been a libertarian with sense, and that's kind of where I subscribe. Yeah. So like when it came to COVID, he was like. Yeah, bro, you're a fucking idiot if you're just not trying to help your fellow man kind of That thing. works. Also, ceasefire in Gaza now. They had two months ago. <laughs> so, he, like, still all right. right. He's they, got really good instincts, bro. Like, right. <laughs> he was pro-gay before Joe Biden was pro-gay, like well, in Joe, the 90s. I don't know. If, oh, let's say, I don't know if Joe Biden's pro-gay now. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Gay people are okay. Well. But just okay. I was always curious. As long curious. as they don't touch my car. <laughs> Which they can't because it's in a locked car garage <laughs> <laughs> which i i've always been curious about this because this is the quote for why he is so pro-gay rights it's like well i worked with gay people in the wwf and they had to keep their whole relationship a secret the entire time 
And to the point where when one got injured, the other one could never visit him because only family can go to the hospital. Right. And I was like, damn, I wonder who that was in the 80s. I was about to say, who was gay in the 80s? They, they, they never said it. They, no. he, and he's too much he's of He's also a bro. He's also, yeah, he's also <laughs> good at keeping secrets. So anything you said to him at dinner would be in confidence. Yeah. Um, Minnesota, he, he passed the, like, in all the United States, for some fucking reason, Minnesota is the only place with light rail because, <laughs> because of him. <laughs> and now he's just like, like, everything about Trump and everything, and he's just like, fuck it. And he just lived, moved to Mexico where he just chills on a ranch. There you go. That's you know what? That's, good him. That's, a, <laughs> fuck, that's a pretty good dream right there. Just when I thought I couldn't agree with him more. <laughs> no kidding at all. Jesse, the body, Ventura, is your number three. You're number three. JJ, you're number three. Did you actually write it on your hand? Yes, I did. Oh, I don't know. I thought it was just you. Like, oh, he did. He did. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thought you were playing around a little bit. That was a bit. I, I literally couldn't see any writing on your hand. I thought you were just like, ah, but number three. So, ah, damn. All right, I, I'm I'm gonna make a tough call here. Mm. I'm I'm not completely removing this person from my list, but I'm gonna skip over him. Okay. Uh, because we've been talking about. Uh, bunch of manly men doing manly things was it bumping me i didn't know that was your, your, your brother was your brother who did it yeah it was like was it it was ma- biggie manly men bumping meat what was it beefy men it was beef. meaty men bumping meat meaty men bumping meat which i didn't realize a real wrestler said yeah. i thought your brother invented it. but go ahead but uh i am a fan of uh the funny books yep the comics if you will if you will. I won't, but go ahead. I'm kidding. <laughs> Dusty Rhodes, baby. Uh, he's not. No. no. But maybe. <laughs> Sergeant Slaughter's in comic books. Is it Sergeant Slaughter? It's not Sergeant Slaughter. Okay. And he's not a wrestler. Uh, although he might have drawn some of these comics. My number three has got to go to Jack the King Kirby. Who is Jack the King Kirby? Jack the King Kirby. Oh, oh, I know, oh, I know Jack Kirby. I don't know Jack the King Kirby. <laughs> There's a, a reason a they call him the King, baby. Oh my God, he's, he makes a lot of spots. Yeah, he was. He drew Thor. He drew the Silver Surfer. Black he Galactus. He drew Dark Side. All the new gods. So much of my like youth and like my modern myth like mythos you know the american mythos that is comic books and superhero comic books in particular was brought to life by jack kirby right and did you read a lot of comic books like physical comic books no i couldn't because of where i grew up there weren't a lot of there just wasn't a place to buy them right so i couldn't read them but I grew up watching Spider-Man and his amazing friends in Spanish. And I grew up watching X-Men once we got cable or once we got Fox because it wasn't technically cable. Right, right. But for us, it was because we're broke as shit. That's fair. It's totally fair. (laughs) By which I mean the entire county is broke as shit. We don't have a Fox affiliate. We have to piggyback off of San Antonio. That works. Whatever works, works, baby. (laughs) But, uh... So much of, you know, like that modern day mythology that I grew up 
loving and you know influenced by was drawn by jack kirby and one of my favorite stories of jack kirby is that you know he's he was jewish as were a lot of the comic book authors of the time and artists of the time right but there was one time he fought in world war ii just like a lot of boys did Mm -hmm. back then uh but there was one time when a couple of neo-Nazis went over to the Marvel office and they were asking for Jack Kirby mm-hmm. and the front desk managed to get, shoo them away a few times, but finally they're like, all right, well, like, I guess we'll, we'll just have to humor them. Right. And right. so front desk, you know, calls up to Jack's office and she's like, yeah, there's a couple of neo-Nazi gentlemen here that want to talk to you. And being a world war ii veteran he's like <laughs> tell him i'll be right down right <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he finishes up whatever he was working on maybe a spider-man comic maybe a thor comic you know undoes his suspenders right rolls up his sleeves takes the elevator down he's like where are they <laughs> right i'm about to fight the let's fucking do this <laughs> Look, I may be hired as an artist, but that doesn't mean I can't take out the trash every once in a while. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Are you happy he's finally getting his due after Stan Lee passed away? Because yeah. Stan got so much of the accolades Stan for so long. Stan got a lot of the accolades, and he was the one that I had to bump. Because I still would want to talk to Stan. Right. But was Stan Lee there on your list? He was, oh. but like, well, I can mm. put them there. You can watch tape. <laughs> Excelsior, there so you go. Much. Stan was so genuinely him, like... There's this quote from uh, Kevin Smith that I love about Stan Lee, where it's like, you go and you talk to anyone in the world and you mm-hmm. ask them, like, what did you want to be when you grow up? And they'll, they might say, like, they might be a, a, a senator now. And the, their answer will be like, I wanted to be an astronaut and I never made it, blah, blah, blah. Right, right. But, like, if you were to ask Stan Lee... At any point in his life, what did you want to be when you grew up? Right. His answer would have been, I want to be Stan Lee. <laughs> Shit. He, there there was go. no point where Stan Lee didn't want to just be what he ended up being. Right. Uh, but there's something just like, I don't know, like gritty and awe-inspiring about Jack Kirby. Right. Because on top of the Nazi story, which is a cool-ass fucking That's story. That's a cool fucking story. Yeah, it's a really cool story. <laughs> Uh, he fought tooth and nail with Marvel in DC to allow him to work from home. <laughs> and he moved from New York to California and he mailed in all his shit. And he still got it got done on time. Uh, just because I think one of his kids was, uh, had asthma mm-hmm. and the doctor told him like, look, it, there's no cure like right right it's only about management and if you want to manage it better i suggest like moving over to somewhere where the weather's not as humid stop inhaling all the <laughs> gasoline fumes in new york right. city so he picked up and moved to california and he was like hey dc marvel i'm mailing my shit in right if, if you want <laughs> if you want to keep me on payroll i'm here <laughs> i'm right. mailing my shit in 
Uh, he also, and that's why JJ works from home because <laughs> he's like I, I have mean, asthma. Also, and he was a pioneer, right? Absolutely. Let me live my dream, damn it! Right? <laughs> Fuck that noise! I'm not going back to work but no, ever. Yeah, he he just comes off as like a genuine, good-hearted, kind-hearted soul mm-hmm. that also had like all these fucking ideas. Another like random tidbit fun fact: uh, the movie Argo. Based on a true event, Mm -hmm. there was an actual like CIA plot to extract hostages where the cover story was, we're working on this Hollywood movie. Right. That was true. They also needed to fake a bunch of like production stuff and (laughs) concept art to play play out out the the ruse. You know who they hired to draw all that concept art? Jack Seth MacFarlane, the motherfucking King Kirby, <laughs> right? And also drew I didn't the actual concept art for the real life Argo. <laughs> well, first of all, I said Seth MacFarlane. I meant Todd MacFarlane. <laughs> Second of all, that didn't make sense either. But third of all, that's pretty fucking sick. Hold on, I wonder if you could find any of that. Can you? You can. I think Argo. It, it wasn't called Argo. It was called like something God. Uh, Fake movie of Argo. There you go. So, there's like Galactus in there. Yeah, he. Oh, another thing. He drew a lot of inspiration from indigenous uh, artworks. Oh, clearly. So, like, right Central there. American stuff and indigenous stuff. He used that all in his artwork, and that's why there's a lot of, like, all these headdresses on a lot of his characters. And so you're, what you're saying is Galactus is, is a span in Mesoamerican. I mean, that's why I worship him. Oh, well, there you go. I mean, praise <laughs> Galactus. Galactus praise all. Right. Galactus. <laughs> Mexican. So technically, in canon, Galactus is Mexican. I'm claiming him as such. Yeah, I see it now. Good job, Galactus. You are Mexican. I saw saw a TikTok the other day that was just like, uh, I think it was like an Indian teenager. And uh, she was just like, oh, you're Indian. You're Indian. You're also Indian. And it's just anyone with a slight tan. Hey, that was your your method in the 90s with Burt Reynolds, okay? Yeah, that's why I was like, oh, things don't really change. (laughs) Mustache, mustache, (laughs) thick mustache. There you go. Yeah, what's the difference between this guy and this guy, color? (laughs) And I mean the color purple, which, no, 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 I don't actually. (laughs) That is the difference, but not the movie. Your number three is what I'm getting, what I'm saying is is Galactus. It's not no, it's, it's not Jack Kirby. It's Galactus. No. I mean, yeah, I I don't think I'd finish my planet. Right. But <laughs> I only, I only think if you bite, you'd be pretty, he'd be pretty upset. Be like, I, I why are you not eating some fruit off the planet? <laughs> but like, uh, yeah, I mean, if Galactus wants it, he can have my. You can have your plate also. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, how are we doing, guys? Do you need a break? Do we need a break? No, I'm good. Because we already did the ad, and we're clipping along. Do you want to keep I'm going? Might, I yeah. might need to sneak away. Uh, sneak well, away let's go ahead and take a quick commercial break, because uh, I'm, I I want to pee, maybe. If JJ's <laughs> peeing, I'm peeing. At right. the same time, we'll be right back after these commercial breaks. Sword fight. And we're back. Going off of... Oh, I had a thread, and I lost it. <laughs> there was a thread that JJ had right before the break. Uh, about so Jack Kirby and about fighting Nazis. Now it was, it was no, it was about. A, oh, that's right. It was about a guy doing his own goddamn thing. That was the thread from Jesse Ventura to Jack Kirby to this guy. My number two. Now, now we're getting into the sauce. Uh, my number two uh, is it is sports related. This is my first uh, sports related. The rest are actually sports related. Um, this man has passed away. And people wonder, uh, actually, they were making jokes about it while they were eating butt earlier. They said, Sam, 
you're a Raiders fan. Aren't you into the black hole already? And I'm like, boo, hiss to that joke. But I am a Raider fan. And 20 plus years of them sucking has not been a lot of fun. But it's because there's something deeper that goes beyond it. And that's not, and, and yeah, I'm not a part of the fucking Raiders. I understand that. A lot of people don't, you know, they make jokes about people who are fans of sports and they're like, you're not a part of the fucking team. I know I'm not. I'm part of the fandom though. I'm just like you are with all your nerd shit. So get cool and watch football, you dorks. You, anyway. You say you as like. Anyway, you dorks <laughs> with your nerd shit. <laughs> How come there wasn't any Ken Street Fighters at Target? <laughs> Mark no. And and so with this one. I don't even one, know where that mushroom came from. <laughs> oh, my girlfriend got that from Five Below. She thought it was cute, and it's a light inside of it. It's really nice. But um, this guy is the reason why I still remain a fan. It's because it's a guy, like you said, JJ, that uh, a guy who has like a mysticism behind him, even though he was a real guy. And the thing is, is that he was a real guy, and a lot of people lived through all the things that he did with the Raiders organization, but then you like get older and then you start making the myths yourself. You start recounting the stories and you start recounting kind of how he was. And then you watch the interviews and you're like, man, this guy is really wanted greatness. He really craved it. You talked about a guy who knew what he was going to be the entire time. That was a thread. He, uh, you know, uh, Stanley wanted to be Stanley and Al Davis is my number two wanted one thing and he wanted to create the finest organization in all the sports i know after we had uh, won our first super bowl enjoy it now because fame is fleeting and she wrote again enjoy it while you can i mean this is like six minutes i'd watch fucking all of it right now but Let's see if I can get pa- here. We go. Here's some of the interviews that I want. Oh, not John Madden. <laughs> John Madden. John Madden. Here's the thing. John Madden's not inspirational. John Madden was a crazy guy who got injured early in his career, became a coach super young, and was just like an angry crazy guy. He was like you know, people talk about rebels. John Madden was a fucking rebel. They talk about oh, he's the turducken boom guy. No, John Madden. And I quote: Yeah, the Raiders are, are cheap. Yeah, the Raiders are cheap. What are you going to do about it? That was John Madden. He was that guy. But Al Davis, he learned from that school. That interview where he's behind that black screen, I've not, it's like two hours. I've not watched all of it, but I'm pretty sure I've watched all of it cumulatively because of all the little like tidbits that he says. All this yeah, like yeah. sage wisdom that he all has the, about yeah, yeah. The quotables, the little... Yeah. He's filled with them. And that was number one, what I call the vertical game. To do it on first down of any football game for that defense that you're playing. And against. for those of you who don't watch sports, you don't know what the fuck he's talking about. But essentially, his his big thing was always, I'm gonna do what I want, and I'm gonna do it the way I want to. And I respect the fuck out of that level of thinking where he'll go anywhere, he will do anything. So he took this organization of the Raiders for, in 1960, they lost every game. They ever fucking played. He takes over, I think, the second year, makes him a playoff team, and then builds the logo or or had input on the logo, had input on the colors, had input on the whole mystique of the Raiders organization. And so when you look at all the cool things that you think about the Raiders, despite them sucking, that's this guy. And then he went on to revolutionize the game in a way that made football a bunch of guys in leather helmets running each other in the running at each other in the fucking snow to a guy throwing a ball 50 yards down the field to get the quick game fast. He wanted the vertical game. He wanted the fastest guys. He wanted the best coaches. He was a a trailblazer when it came to hiring people of color. He hired the first black person in modern sports or modern the Good modern NFL. Huh? Good night, Badgie. Good night, Badgie. 
Uh, he hired, uh, well, he had the first Hispanic coach to win a Super Bowl. He had the first Hispanic quarterback to play in a Super Bowl uh, and win a Super Bowl, Jim Plunkett. Um, he literally didn't care about anything other than winning and creating an organization that stood the test of time and that was something to be proud of. And three Super Bowls later, you know, he and he just made his mark. And the, the thing is, when he, when he talks about it, he just talks about the little facets of how you make greatness and how you build greatness. And a lot of it is not shying away from just the hard work it takes, but the idea is by by building your standards, by building the way you're going to do it, you can make that vision happen by any means necessary. And you can get people to buy in. He said, in one of the quotes he says, when you have great... Um, when you have great coaches, and then you have great players, and then oh man, fuck, it's, it's in here somewhere, I'm sure. <laughs> we wanted the best players. We weren't interested in who they were, or exactly where they came from. Also, he sued the shit out of the fucking uh, NFL so that he can move to Los Angeles because they wouldn't make him a stadium in Oakland. So he's like, I'm gonna just fucking move because there's more money revenue to be had. And they said, No, you can't do that. You need to have the agreement of all the other uh, GMs in the league. And he goes, No, fuck that. You, you fucking just, watch me. Fucking watch me. <laughs> this is an antitrust suit that I'm gonna do or anti-monopoly. And then he won. <laughs> was there in Los Angeles, didn't get the stadium that he wanted, then moved back like a decade later. And the thing was, was that that laid the groundwork for a bunch of other cities fucking moving and making a ton of money. That's where you get the Oilers moving to Tennessee. That's where you get all those other ones in the 90s and 2000s, all those moves. That was because you could make a ton of money moving to bigger markets. That's why moving to Vegas was such a big move, because that's a bigger market. Then you move, and that's why a lot of the teams now, they're like looking to go to like Mexico City. They're trying to go to London, because those markets are so big and it's because of him a lot of the things in the nfl that you love is from al davis so uh i wish i had better clips of him just doing his thing because the other clip is this one right here um but i don't know if it's a song because sometimes there's like corny raider raps as you can see but sometimes we're looking for first downs. there you go hold on what we want i just want to do where he's talking about like the will to win just win baby just win there you flame that would burn brightest here is the will to win the the flame that would burn brightest is the will to win god that's so fucking cool yeah it's fucking i can watch the footage all the time my number two it's fucking al davis baby your commitment to excellence you say yeah (laughs) that sounds familiar never heard of it well i mean uh Check out our sports podcast on Tuesday. Get loud with Stroud. Uh. <laughs> boo. boo! Boo is ACL. Boo! That's Tommy's guy. Boo! Actually, I was going for them in that last game. It was fun. Uh, but yeah, that's my number two. It's Al Davis. Just win, I killed, baby. I killed, killed JJ. JJ. <laughs> hold, on, hold on. I'm going to say, hold on. I teed it. I teed it fucking up. <laughs> Davis quotes. Hold on. Let me get some of these quotes. Let me just get fine. While you're recovering. I'm good. Some I'm good, of these baby. quotes real quick. Just win, baby. Uh. The fire that burns brightest. We would rather be feared than respected. You don't adjust. You just dominate. That doesn't make much sense, but I love it. I had a dream someday that I would build the finest organization in professional sports they said you had to take what the defense gave you no we're gonna take what we want the quarterback (laughs) must go down and he must go down hard we all know time never really stops for the great ones it reaches out and wraps them in a cloak of immortality tell me that's not a wrestling fucking quote right there that's fucking cool as shit Aside from the will to win, my commitment to excellence, the fire that burns brightest in me is the great love and enthusiasm that I have and had for the game of football and for everyone and everything connected with it. I love the game. I love the league. I love my team. God damn it. 
If only I could love things as much as he did. Marcos, you're number two. So your number two is somebody that um, kind of paved the way of that you think and is very quotable and basically is a foundation to what Sammy is. Right. That's what my number two is. But it's uh, it's a selfless discipline about how you have to go out there and work every day and try to better yourself and always explore, have a natural curiosity. Is it this- goddamn Socrates? No. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was that would be a pretty cool <laughs> dude. But no, uh, this I pluck chicken isn't a man, Socrates. That's no, the audience. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> it's just dinner. I caught myself. <laughs> so there are a couple of old philosophers and writers that I would probably like to have dinner with, but my overall idea is that the average person today knows all those things. Right, right. Like, um, I always thought that it was funny that people were always like, oh, Marxism is so bad. I'm like, Karl Marx was just a sociologist. Right. And uh, he really didn't say communism is the way. He said there's people that have stuff and people that have not stuff. That's that's basically... Right. <laughs> Do you has. He was the first meme. Do you has. Cheeseburger. I mean, so far I can't argue with that. Right. I can't And either. he says that eventually there would be a revolution because people that do not has would like to has. Oh, I want to has, all right. <laughs> all right, that was just a fucking lucky guess. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not exactly... Is it Karl Marx? Yeah, no, 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 it's not Karl Marx. Okay. I'm stalling. going down this. You got to fucking meander, so I'm meandered. Fine, no, my fine. number, but in general, it's just like some of those people that were really deep thinkers. Like, yeah, it would be cool to bring them today and ask them some shit. Mm-hmm. But the average modern thinker today is just like, hey, man, I, Socrates is pretty cool, but he didn't even know Asia existed. <laughs> <laughs> you have to explain Asia at first. <laughs> Hold on, there's Asia. What's in Asia? Wait, why, do, why are you not speaking Greek? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You mean to tell me these people fight each other by kicking? <laughs> You're not just rubbing each other in oil They don't just, like, you know, strip down naked and... I'm, and then you show him Kenny Omega and he's like... each other? I get, I get Kenny Omega. <laughs> I'm just saying, the average four-year-old knows what a kangaroo. The average person in 1865 probably didn't know what a kangaroo is. That's pretty hilarious. What do you think about it, actually? Fun fact. That the name kangaroo is the aboriginal word for I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I hate totally that. I believe it. But I believe uh, it. But anyway. I, I don't know if that's actually no. true. <laughs> Enough pomp and circumstance because my number two would not be about it. And it's Henry Rollins. Henry fucking Rollins. <laughs> Henry Rollins is so his whole philosophy of just like, dude, I'm nothing from nowhere. I'm just a person that likes to work hard and put my nose to the grindstone. And I will say yes to everything because I see it as a learning experience. So he said yes to being the lead singer of Black Flag. Because mm-hmm. at that time, he, he first of all, his story is fucking interesting. He was just working in an ice cream shop. And because that was the sustainable job you could have when he you were was younger. eighteen. That's what I'm saying no, but like, like, do you know any ice cream? Have you ever known an ice cream shop worker? That it seems more prevalent I mean, back well, then. Well, first of all, in the '80s, like I'm That's sure I'm it was. That's what I'm saying. But it was a more prevalent job back yeah. then. Is what I'm saying. I want to know personally. Personally, I mean, I don't know anyone that worked at Dairy Queen. So that's basically what he did. He worked at uh, Hagen Dazs, I think. Right. I don't but know like, anyone that works at Amy's. I don't know anybody. I've never met Amy or Soda Jerks. I don't know either Soda Jerks nor Ice Cream Parlor guys. Well, no, like Soda Jerks, you got to go to like 
the Midwest where the, those pharmacies still exist. Fair, yeah. <laughs> Marcus, you gotta make Coke the no, old-fashioned way. Yeah, I've seen Coke made the old-fashioned way. Spoon and fizz. But, um, That's actually the name of my new pharmaceutical restaurant. Spoon and fizz. Spoon and fizz. <laughs> it's not a bad name. It's I, not a bad name. I would eat there. <laughs> uh, but Henry Rollins, so he was working at that ice cream uh, store. They offer him a shot. It's like, hey, man, because he lived in Washington, D.C., and he's like, you're going to have to uh, move up north and there's no chance that we're there's no guarantee we're gonna make it right it's right just shoot your shot and he did he i think released two or three albums and then after that he said i'm done and i kind of respect a musician instead of just like he, no, no, no 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 the other way instead of just like oh here's nine albums that sound exactly the same he was like i'm out of things to say i'm gonna be a hundred percent like performing still to this day no. Shut it, no, 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 no. Knees, knees. well that's a good example of like it's, it's you very sad stopped it's before v- it's very sad uh but henry rollins went the other way and was like i'm gonna do something else and it was funny because something else was a mixture of acting like he came out in one of the most badass action movies of all time, Heat. Okay. Yeah, he's in the shit. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Um, that is a bro-ass movie. That is. Um, and then he kind of, in a way, became like the 90s version of a podcaster, just uh-huh. because he would do every guest spot on VH1 to just be like, hey, tell us about the punk scene. What's your opinion of this music? And he'd be like, sure. That's right, yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. then he wrote newsletters and stuff like that. Um, his political mindset of just, he always hates people that like Trump and Bush that are always like, they feel like they deserve the, like they deserve respect instead of earning respect right, kind right, of right. thing. Yeah. And there's, there's just so many stories that he have that I'm just kind of like, all right, I relate to that a lot. Like, um, he has a famous thing that I've heard a lot at the gym when it comes to videos that you were talking about. And one of them is, uh, the iron. Uh-huh. And that's just, uh, it's the story of how we got into bodybuilding. Right. It's just like, um, I was walking around, there was a, a Navy veteran teacher that fought in Vietnam, and he just grabbed me one day, and he was like, hey, you're a skinny little F-word, right? and uh, you're going to stop being a skinny little F-word, because I'm going to train you how to be better. Right. And he was very honest in the story, where he's just like, I, he gave me some workouts and said, this is what you're going to do. But you're not allowed to look at yourself in the mirror until you uh, complete uh, complete this workout. And when mm-hmm. you can complete it, when I punch you in the chest and you're still standing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why don't I have a guy do this to me at I mean, H-E-B? I mean, I could do that Don't punch me in the chest. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Would you rather I do that to <laughs> No, you get to slap me in the face. <laughs> but he goes on and tells this story about like uh, – it was the first time, because I was 13, 14, that I became a tune that I can do something. Like, as you work out, it, he's just like, dude, I'm just a 14-year-old kid. But every week, it's like I get a little stronger. Mm-hmm. I can put a 5. I can put a 10. Like, I'm getting a little bit stronger. And eventually, he gets punched by the teacher, and he's still standing. He's like, I actually kind of laughed about it. And he's like, now you can look at yourself in the mirror. And he's like, I didn't. I wasn't exactly like I didn't have a six pack, mm-hmm. but I had a physique. I be I did that. I worked hard enough to get that. And that mindset went into music, went into all this other stuff. And he still has this attitude that's like, I just say yes to shit. Mm-hmm. Like 
I did. Do, do, uh, oh, do you want to act in this horror movie? Like, have sure. Have you ever sure. done it before? No. Right. But I'll do it. <laughs> right. Right. It's kind of the mindset I have sometimes. <laughs> Nobody asked me to do shit. So. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I left to my own devices. I will stay at home. I am perfectly fine. Just like, all right, I'm going to turn on the PlayStation. I guess I'll play, I don't know, Fortnite. Right. No Gear Solid 3 for the 50th time. Like, right. whatever. Like, I have shit that I can do to entertain myself. Mm -hmm. Especially with the internet. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but the instant someone's like, hey, you want to go do this? Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I just want someone to put me in a movie. Put put me in a film. John Favreau, put me in a film. Paco it, hates it when I say sure, but I'm like, dude, that's me agreeing. <laughs> right. Like, it's not a resounding yes, but I'll do it. I'll fucking go. I, I mean, I also works. just like that Henry Rollins has always been this curious person that he's like, you got to put miles on your back. Uh, I think he was the one that said that uh, philosophy without mileage is like sec masturbation compared to sex. Like, you need to get out there and test whatever you believe in kind of thing. Back to JJ's point. <laughs> He would just sit there and masturbate all the time, all he wants. But hey, uh, stop reading my diary. Hey, stop leaving it here for me to read. He's the only like non newscaster person I've ever heard of that's been to North Korea. Dennis Rodman's been to North Korea. Oh, I guess that's the only other non. <laughs> but Dennis Rodman was shown nice North Korea. Like he right, went yeah. on and hung out with the, with the dictator. With the <laughs> 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 Henry Rollins pretended to be a tourist and just saw like the actual. Can like, I? Can I ask a stupid question? Yeah, go for Is it. Is he related to Seth Rollins? No. no. Okay. Just wondering. The wrestler? Yes. No. <laughs> I just, no. I was wondering. I told you it was a stupid question. Tyler Black. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> just wondering. I, I don't know actually how many don't know this. what his real name is. <laughs> That's I fair. know Tyler Black is the first name he wrestled under, or like I, got big under. Gotcha. I don't think Henry Rollins is anything famous. <laughs> in his just name. wondering. That's the all. only weird famous story like that, I know from the East Coast, is Jared Way is cousins with Joe Rogan. Right. I didn't know that <laughs> for some reason against my will. But that's your number two. Yeah. Henry Rollins. I know Not that to be confused. Ford, like Henry Ford. Yeah. His uh, cousins with the Kingsford guy. Ooh. <laughs> also, who's Colby Lopes? Lopez. That's Seth's shoot name. What does that mean? Oh, but he's talking about Seth Tyler Rollins. Black? Yeah. No. Tyler Black is his Who's Colby Lopes, though? <laughs> Welcome to the oh, first time. Colby Lopes. Jones Colby Lopes Prime. is his shoot name. That's his real name. Uh, shoot name is real? Yeah, That's shoot new... is real. That's a new learn. So, like, when a work becomes a shoot, that means we were having a match, and I was already mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Colby Lopez? Is he Hispanic? Probably. Colby Daniel it, Lopez. That... Yeah. That is, I got a root for that guy now. Hold on, it, what is you? He's, what is your ethnicity? Wait, he's acting in something soon, isn't he? Yeah, Tyler Black is what you were saying. Yeah, yeah, that he, was his. That was the first name he got. Huge he got under. his first. Ah, oh, oh, well, what's coming out in a Marvel thing? And I was, I was, I remember it because <laughs> I thought it was funny. He was the only one that could talk about it. No, oh. <laughs> that's fair. He's like, I'm not part also, of. Also, Radio Rahim, you're welcome. Sam asked the question I was thinking about too. Yeah. No, uh, here I learned it real quick. Armenian, German, and Irish descent. He gained the Lopez surname as Mexican American stepfather, who he considers his true father. Uh -oh. So there you go. Not Mexican, but but drafted into. No. 
Not like Kate Hudson. <laughs> Kate Hudson, oh, sure. He can get, he can get Kate drafted. Kate Hudson considers uh, uh, Kurt Russell. Hispanic? No, her, <laughs> okay. her real father. Gotcha. Well, Nicole Richie is Hispanic. Lionel Richie's daughter. Fun fact. JJ, you're number two. My number two. All right. So. It's Seth Rollins. No, <laughs> kind of awkward, but I because I didn't know his real name. But... <laughs> No, wouldn't be a JJ list without anime. Mm, and I allowed for fictional things to exist, unless this is a real person involved in anime. It's Oda. <laughs> <laughs> Oda's number six. <laughs> I, I, there's a language barrier. We have to. <laughs> that was also what stopped me from putting a lot of people in the past from this thing. <laughs> I, I was gonna put Joan of Arc as a joke because, like, I can say like, uh, "Mon français est comme c'est dit." Mid. <laughs> no, but no, you got Universal Translator. It's fine. For those who don't know French, I said my French is how you say mid. <laughs> um, Learn something new every day. But no, uh, my actual pick for number two. He told me to eat well, rest well. He was the sensei that I looked up to, mostly because he also liked looking at naked ladies. Muten Roshi. Oh my god, I know who this guy is. Hell yeah, man. He's a sex pervert. <laughs> That's all I know him as. They're surprisingly common in Japan. <laughs> and also a good guy to hang out with. I was about to say, we literally started this podcast talking about why eating ass is standard. <laughs> and Master Roshi is the one that eats, given the opportunity. All the I, I'm ass. sure. All the ass. Nothing is forbidden. You know how oh, yeah. much training and grueling like work that he had to go through that uh, man like master roshi was that first like true sage that i like was smart enough to realize was a true sage <laughs> really i mean, i mean because i grew up in the era of transformers so like I liked Optimus Prime. Optimus Prime was my dad. Right. Especially because my dad was not there. Right. But like Your some, dad was literally <laughs> off driving trucks, right? Yeah, yeah. So then you my made dad your dad was a driving truck. Optimus Prime. <laughs> so <laughs> JJ, I think you might need to go to therapy for that one real quick. It's fine. It's fine. Look, I connected those dots. It's fine. <laughs> but like my dad was off driving trucks, so my dad became a truck. <laughs> That's heinous and hilarious. Look, all I know is when my dad left, he became Optimus Prime, mm. and that meant that, like, I understand, Father, there is something more important than me, bigger than me, even. You have to fight off the Decepticons. Right. It, understandable. Right. right. It was also really <laughs> weird that your dad would come home and be like, <laughs> just make the noise with his mouth because he knew you liked it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but, like, I like... I like Optimus Prime, but at the same time, sometimes he can be a bit of a pussy. That's fair. That's fair. Well, like, you, what are you going to eat? Energon? Yeah, right? Like, I, I can't be fed on diesel, father. <laughs> <laughs> I need to eat well. Sleep well. Uh, like, I don't... Look up girls' skirts sometimes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he did that. I, I, like, I don't know if he did that. I may have wanted to, but I don't know if he did that. No. I was uh, about to, I was Goku's definitely done that. Goku has. Maybe Goku. Yeah, he he had just never seen a girl before. That's fair. <laughs> he didn't know they existed. But, like, there's <laughs> a lovable, like, 
I will 100% admit that, yeah, a lot of these characters, Master Roshi and... Inner John Bass Frijoles. <laughs> <laughs> It'd probably be Picadillo, but yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of the, you know, characters of this ilk, where it's like the older dude that's just a pervert that like likes to look up young girls' skirts, blah, blah, blah. They're they're problematic and they're very common, uh, unfortunately, especially in older anime. Right. But there was still like a era, an air of dignity to like Master Roshi. Not, it wasn't like super prevalent. Right. But there was a moment where like Goku is going through like his hardest training. It was with in Korin's tower. Mm-hmm. Where Goku is going through, like, the hardest training he's ever endured. And at this point, he's gone through what Roshi put him through. He's fought, like, all these enemies. He, I think, genocided the entire Red Ribbon Army at that point. Uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he, he did that yet. Because yet. isn't... Um, no, it was Tao Pai Pai. He was yeah, fighting you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So not not quite at that point. But, like, pretty much. Um, and... Goku is almost at the point of giving up, and Corrin tells him, like, why? Like, there was one guy who did this. Mm-hmm. And you're like, who? Who could have possibly endured this if Goku is giving up? Like, who could have? Could it have been? Right. And you find out it's Roshi. Mm-hmm. Roshi went through the hell that Corrin puts Goku through, and... <sighs> overcame right and got like the magical power up and goku like is not in disbelief but he's like really mm-hmm. i as an audience member is am in disbelief because roshi is like this goofy cornball right that like he can't possibly do anything extraneous look at him he's an old fucking man right right and that's the moment that you see buff roshi where it's like raining it's pouring rain it's a fucking hurricane that's hitting his island mm-hmm. and he just goes out somberly into the rain stands on his beach goes to like super buff form right and unleashes like his full power kamehameha to undo the hurricanes and move it away from himself right but it's like yeah despite like his gruff perviness outward demeanor mm-hmm. there is a wholesome sage core there is wisdom to be found even in the most stupid of places right there's a guy who did the work who's lived the life who's done the who's done it before you know he killed demon king piccolo oh my god i'd see i need to go back and watch some of this because i don't remember anything original dragon ball fucks oh yeah yeah, what's when it was on tsunami for a little bit but i never Finished it like I did. It was never on Tsunami very long. Right. They moved straight to Z. Right. You did. Yeah. yeah, You would. Well, no, they went to Z and then they, to my understanding, they went back to to Dragon Ball afterwards. I don't think they went very far. Like, the only reason we saw Dragon Ball was it was in Spanish. It was in Spanish. Yeah, yeah. Well, there. You guys got me to watch anime. I want to see Master Roshi young and do cool things. I know he got buff, but that was unexplained in Z. He just did it. I was like, oh, he could do that. Neat. Yeah. he's, He's always fighting that, like, only five percent. <laughs> he he never goes. Is he stronger than Krillin? No. Krillin's strong as human, right? Technically, yes. <laughs> Who would win in a fight, Krillin or Master Roshi? I think Master Roshi would take him. Marcos, 
I mean, power scaling in Dragon Ball is really bad. Right. <laughs> but, like, but like, who do you think? I think Master Roshi would take him just because he's more forward thinking. Technically, if you want, like, someone that's human-ish that most of the people would agree on, it's the android. It's a goddamn robot. The androids. It's a goddamn robot. Like the strongest. The, no, uh, but they're they're fleshy bits. That's why. No, but they got they're mostly robots. They don't. Got, right. They got but fleshy bits. In but, terms of yeah. like fully fleshy what? bit, who who beats all these? Born guys? of woman. Well, the the androids born are wo- born, of, born of women, and the one of them gave birth. That is true. <laughs> That's anime uh, logic. <laughs> no cyborg parts. <laughs> One guy, I think, does beat, trounces these guys. Uh, Tien. Is Tien? I thought he was alien. Or he just has a third eye. They. Tien, he some... retconned it because he forgot Tien existed. <laughs> Wait, so is Tien a human or an alien? He, what was he first, I should say? He was human they, first. They ignored uh, Tien. But then he was like... He claimed Krillin was the strongest human. So, and and <laughs> someone like, oh, was shit, like, Tien. excuse me, teacher. <laughs> so, so Dragon Ball has this writing problem where, where that it, a lot Toriyama of animes have. a lot. Well, yeah. not, that, not that part, but it's just like bad guy becomes friends. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Um, so Tien is very forgotten in a sense that now Goku is friends with Hit, who's like right. in the new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So... It, Vegeta is kind of forgotten. Like he does come back, but right. Piccolo is forgotten. Aww. Like there's just layers. He a whole uh, ass movie with Gohan. <laughs> recently, he's orange. recently he's orange now. I know he's orange now because I see the toys of him being orange. I'm like, why is Piccolo orange? And it's like, oh, he's Super Saiyan too. I'm like, oh, okay. What's the name of not Piccolo? Pecan. Like that's another Pecan. Uh, uh, yeah. he, he was filler. <laughs> <laughs> he does not count. He still exists, and I'm just like. Goku oh, that fights weirdo. These, yeah, yeah, Goku fights these guys. They become friends, and then they job to the next bad guy. That's just all they exist. Like, I mean, that's how I made all my friends. <laughs> <laughs> You're number two. Master Roshi. <laughs> yes. Which brings me to my number one, which those three beers I chugged, I'm already buzzing a little bit. My number one. I almost forgot my number one. Sam Actually, Adams for making Samuel <laughs> Adams, the the guy who made the Mega Cart drink. Give me four more. No, my number one. I already know what my number one is. I just forgot. And sorry, <laughs> and sorry to the fucking people who just got an ad right now. That's why you need to subscribe. So be sure you like and subscribe and do all those things. My number don't, one. Don't say that. Tina's about to drop twenty subscriptions. What do you think I'm trying to bait her to do? Anyway, my number one. I've alluded to this entire show. Mostly because his hat also matched the shirt. My number one is the guy who actually brought on the sadness I had earlier. I was a happy-go-lucky fella in 2019. Things were looking up. I have no honorable mentions, by the way. I was looking up. Everything was great. I got out of I got out of insurance. Well, in insurance. You got me that job in insurance. <coughs> yeah. And then uh, so I was working a Saturday, and I had gotten out of the podcasting double tested all that stuff uh to, to varying degrees of happiness in that regard and i was excited to start this new podcast because i was like hey man i'm gonna get my new place this place i'm living in now i'm gonna get this new place in february or march it's gonna be a good time i'm excited before there's fucking squirrels in my ceiling <laughs> to bring it all back and uh there was <laughs> man that's so mean but, but marcos it's so pivotal to the story yeah uh do you remember the guy that we had at our work with the speech impediment uh, he kind of sounded like Homestar uh, Runner. 
Yeah. Yeah. So there's a guy at my work. If you've never heard of Homestar Runner, he kind of talked like this, you know, kind of not really a list, but not really like, but he would say really like kind of like a little baby, but like, that's how you would talk. And I'm like, oh my God, Maggie took it off with five tier one subs. Thank you, Maggie. Appreciate you. But that this is important to the story because um, this guy I work with, he's a nice guy. Only problem is he smelled like ass. Mm. He just smelled like ass, and he and he wore dirty shirts, and he had greasy hair, and he talked like this. It's okay, don't, no, don't worry about it, JJ. It's pretty cool, okay? And I go to the bathroom at my job on a Saturday, just some Saturday, early in the morning. It's early in the morning, like ten, eleven o'clock. And he comes up to me, and he says one of the most. I'm never gonna forget it, and I hate that I'm never gonna forget it because it was the most saddest thing that's happened in my life so far in the in terms of heroes and people I'd want to meet and stuff like that. And he says the fateful words that I can't get it out of my head. And it makes me so mad that this is how I found out this person. Uh, the, the thing happened to this person. My number one. Hey, dude. Did you hear that Kobe died? <laughs> <laughs> my number one. Rico Hero also comes in with a bunch of bits. I can't see how many. Five tier one subs. Thank you so much. But yeah, he says, do you hear that Kobe died? And I go, dude, don't play with me like that. Don't you fucking play? No, dude, he totally Dwight. It's like I'm like, God damn it! Why do you sound like Jimmy from South Park? Fuck! He's <laughs> like, like, no. He's like, I'm serious. Look at TMZ, and I'm like, no. I look and fucking Kobe Bryant died in a helicopter crash, and I'm so sad. I'm fucking. I almost start crying. I almost start Woo. fucking crying. High trade almost coming in the no, middle of my almost start crying. Oh my god, we're there. And high trade over Kobe's death, and so Kobe fucking dies. And I'm sad, and and like I'm like I, like Kobe's the one here. I stopped giving myself heroes after the age of like twelve, you know, because it's just like, oh yeah, they're not real people. Like they're they're fun, but like the people in your life are your heroes. You know, my dad, brother, things like that. Those are my real heroes, tangible people in my life. Mm-hmm. But Kobe was there before all of that. My sister moved to uh, L.A. in like '95 to go to UCLA, and that's when Kobe got to town, and she was working she got home late from the ticket office she was working the ticket office at the rose bowl i believe and she's she's out partying and she had this newfangled technology called a cellular phone and the cellular phone hmm. um what technology do these it, it, it was a big it was a <laughs> silver beacon of hope that you could open and she sees <laughs> the beacon is lit and she <laughs> she sees one night a, a one young Kobe Bryant. And now, by the way, Kobe Bryant mania has already happened. He did his rookie year. I believe his second year is 96, 97 maybe. And um, no, it's much later because I'm at my new house. So this is 2000. He might have just won a championship or very cl- or, or might have might have done so. And it's a parent-teacher conference the same night on the other side of the world in Fresno. And I'm, and I'm at the parent-teacher conference. And my brother is home. And he's a room body. He's a teenager himself. So he's angsting in his room. And the, and the phone rings. My sister apparently sees Kobe Bryant on the street and he's got his security guards and he's pushing, they're pushing everybody away. And she goes, Oh my God, it's Kobe Bryant. My little brother loves Kobe Bryant. She calls the house and the phone rings and the phone rings and it's ringing, it's ringing. And then she goes, huh. She puts the phone in Kobe's face. Security guard slaps it out of her hand and she, she kind of brushes it off. She goes, it's for my little brother. And it was just true. I'm her little brother. And Kobe grabs the phone and I have the tape in my possession but he says something along the lines, hey, everybody, you know, hey, this is Kobe Bryant, and uh, his sister's here, and she wanted to say you're a fan, so thank you, and God bless, and I hope you have a great rest of your night. And then he gave the phone back, and he hung up, and we have that tape, and I have that message from Kobe to this day, and I've only heard it the, 
two, three times maybe when it was in the machine. And that's we your have Conan that, video, huh? That's your Conan video. That's my Conan video. Right? <laughs> no, but I don't even. Have, it's just in my memory. I don't know. It's still we still have the tape. I know where it's at. It's my mom's underwear drawer, uh, or like my dad's <laughs> underwear drawer, and and I have the tape. That is the safest place. The safest place. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing changes there. It's just underwear. Nothing else goes in and out. Including the underwear. <laughs> right. And, yeah. And so, um, and from that moment on, I was a, not, I was already a fan of Kobe, but it was just like, that is so fucking cool. I love this. And I watched his career with great interest. He t- wins the three championships back to back to back. And then some others as well. And then he retires. And then Kobe died. And... Then I'm sad because then a month later, COVID-19 happens and I move into this place and I'm by myself and COVID happens and the world ends. And at that point, Kobe dying was already my world ending. And then the real world ended. And so it was like the beacon of like life. It's honestly, my life is kind of split. Sounds silly of life before Kobe, life after Kobe. And then I'm going to put this evil out there because it's in my head and I need to get it out. Um, Some fucking, and I use this word rarely, but for people and especially if there's a woman, but this bitch fucking put up the autopsy photo of him or the sketch. So like I saw how he got torn to bits essentially. So I know I have that in my head forever. And I just wonder what he would say now. You know, because Kobe Bryant was not only just the most voracious competitor, because, you know, they talk about greats, you know, he's some people don't put him put him in the top five. Tommy, I don't know if puts him in the top ten because Tommy's a hater. But, you know, they say LeBron. He doesn't hate Kobe. He, he hates, hates LeBron. LeBron. Right. But LeBron Jordan, LeBron Jordan, LeBron Jordan. You just you hear that all the time. But nobody questions Kobe's. Just tenacity, his will to win. Talk about will to win. His just wanting to be the best, and I aspire to that. And I want to. I want to learn. I wanted to learn more about that. And there's interviews on interviews about the Mamba mentality and all that stuff. But to really experience it, just to be in the presence of greatness. I never had a chance to meet him, even though he did a fucking summer camp in Santa Barbara. I could have tried to go meet him if I thought. I could, or, or or I could never even fathom that he'd die. He was a god to me, right? At least I don't think he does camps for adults, does he? I no, but no, but you can camp. go, you can go outside as a college kid and oh. go say hi on his way out, oh. and talk, you know, try to meet on the way out, right? Like you could have people, I could have took pictures of him, but people did his camp. Some of my friends did the camp uh, as as you know. The, for kids, right? I am twelve. I am twelve. <laughs> what is this? No, they were the coaches for the little kids. No, 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 no. no. And so, Woo! Like, right, I've trained success. Kobe, uh, more records. And so then you you see all that greatness, and you want to be a part of it. And then you see his life after basketball, how brief it was. And this motherfucker's funny and talented and intelligent and st- like just like a goofball and yeah he had his things you know his, his, his infidelity and, and accusations and stuff like that um that stuff gets glossed over when you're a little kid because you don't know and if i was as rich as kobe i wouldn't be loyal well <laughs> well the idea being like you don't realize that, as a kid that wasn't his no he it was assault brother alleged <laughs> assault oh yeah Bro, you can pay for it. Like, well, 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 that's did no it. one tell him, right? Well, that's beyond the beyond the Ain't point. No shame in that game, bro. So young to understand. I think your I think your nephew's in the chat, isn't that Candid Duality? No, that's not him. Oh. Uh, yeah, but the idea oh. is like, <laughs> yeah, you need to warn me. Right. <laughs> but yeah, it was just so sad, and and I just want to have dinner with them. And I want to understand this commercial because this commercial, even though it has a fucking asshole that I don't like anymore, it still cracks me up. George Lopez. No. How much more do you want from me? More. How much more successful do you want me to be? 
More successful. How many records can my records break? More records. But, but I'm the best. But are you a different animal and the same beast? What the f does that mean, Kobe Bryant? You're welcome. <laughs> what the f is he talking about? <laughs> just shit like that. I don't know. Dude, that commercial cracks me up every time. I've never um, seen it before. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's for his uh, brand, I believe. Um, I don't even know. But just the, the last two are just a greatness in my head. Like how you develop greatness, how you create it, how you build it. And I would just want to learn what that's like. And. Yeah, I'm sad about it right now. I got I resatted myself thinking about Kobe <laughs> Bryant not being in this world. And oh, don't worry, mine's stupid. It's fine. Well, it's, good. it's good. But yeah, my number one man. I would love to have dinner with Kobe Bryant. And I looked up his favorite meal, and his favorite meal is really disgusting sounding. But I'd try it: frog legs dipped in honey garlic sauce. Frog from is Louisiana. No, he's from everywhere. He lived in France for a while. Oh, he lived in France. That might be it. <laughs> yeah, he lived in France for a while. Yeah, his parents were international. Smart dude. Man, I miss Kobe. Kobe. The world's not the same without you. It sucks. Marcos, you're number one. Heptile meat is higher in protein than like anything. And he probably knew that. <laughs> Marcos, you're number one. Oh, one of the things I was going to bring up with Bruce Lee, because it was before like science was really real. Right. For torps, like bodybuilding and physique and stuff like that. So he just kept experimenting his entire time. Like, I don't know if he ever did anything like steroids or things like that, but I do know that like his diet was just like, he'd have meetings where he's talking about scripts and what he wants to do. And then he'd just pull out a blender and then put a whole steak into <laughs> yeah. it. Fucking why not? Fucking why not? He's like, I got to get my protein. And because have that, to. at that point, <laughs> There's not uh, enough time in the day. Brandon Routh, like, he doesn't get a lot of credit for being Superman yeah. and being a decent Superman. But one of my, one of the stories that I love about him was when he was filming Scott Pilgrim, which was like, honestly, like, let's look at his screen time on there. What? Three days? Maybe? <laughs> yeah. Like, he was on, on set for three days and uh, he had to eat a whole ass like rotisserie chicken from Costco <laughs> oh my like God. every yeah, yeah, day yeah. for lunch because he's like I might get called back to be Superman <laughs> <laughs> I, saw, I saw a TikTok the other, just yesterday and it was like we live in such a bro cave and it was just like look at my bros and it was three dudes sitting at like a regular lunch table and each one of them had a rotisserie chicken <laughs> 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 and I was like this is what we aspire the testosterone to be. <laughs> Did you say the testosterone? Testosterone. <laughs> testosterone. Yeah, that's what it's called now. It's oh, not your the guys' Mojo house? Yeah, it's not the Mojo Jojo Casa house. Shut up, Siri. Did <laughs> Google search testosterone? <laughs> it's just our address. <laughs> I've never even been to your house before. How did you get it tagged on Google Maps? <laughs> it's a poker stop. Uh... <laughs> it actually is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, JJ's dying. You're number one, Marcos. Um, Unfortunately, he was already the so biggest law. There, I'm willing to see everything about what Henry Rollins said and his ethics and the way that you're supposed to live live your life. And then I see this other person that took all those ethics and just took it just a little bit farther. Like, because mm -hmm. uh, Henry Rollins is more of an artist. This person was less of an artist and more about like I'm going to create things and make a difference. So, 
said he would go to college and get a degree, went to college and got a degree, said he was going to be a master bodybuilder, became a master bodybuilder, mm-hmm. said he was going to come to America and become a big movie star, I know became a big movie star, <laughs> I know this said he was going to marry a Kennedy, married a Kennedy, said he was going to become governor of California, became governor of California, and it, he's only started to slow down in the last two or three years. It's Gavin Newsom! <laughs> 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 and... <laughs> He's not really slowing down. He's just kind of like not working as hard because he's like 68. Right. He just has his goats. <laughs> he just has his goats in his farm. And he's like doing interviews on Zoom and he's like, oh, here's my, here's my goat. my pet donkey. Right. He's all happy. <laughs> he was on Conan and talking about it. That's what it was. Yeah. And now he's a big, he's like, I'm going to die soon. Like probably in his brain, which is with his genetics, he'll probably live another 20 years. But he's like, I'm going to die soon. So we really need to focus on this. This climate change thing, guys, and that's his biggest advocating thing right now. Yep, <laughs> yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> because there's a curfew now. Mr. COVID. Not out, especially someone that is like 72 years old. After you're 65, you're not allowed at the house anymore in California, so we stay home and we eat here. Right. <laughs> That's all Marcus wants is to have some horses, mini horses or donkeys. He's still wearing a fucking Terminator shirt. <laughs> right? so he's only not on my list because I had a feeling he was going to be on <laughs> That's fair. He might be like, he's super chill now, but there's definitely a point 30 years ago where he would have been like, you're my John Favreau, where I'm like, I have. There's, there's no way he would want to talk to me. Kind of <laughs> right. No, but he's so nice, he would want to talk to you. He'd be like, oh, you lift as well. You're doing so well. <laughs> Shit, sorry. He would have bet you some champagne. <laughs> uh, also, like, totally going to get back into cigars when I hit in Stallone age. Oh, yeah. Oh, when, it's, yeah. When, it doesn't, when cancer yeah, can't yeah, catch yeah, you. Yeah. When you die faster than the cancer. <laughs> yeah. Welcome, Reggie Fairfield, your first time chatter. Anthony Bourdain, Dan Aykroyd for UFO Talks, and Joey Diaz. Joey Diaz, I thought, might have been on your list, too. Joey Diaz? No, uh, uh, could he, be. He, Honorable he, mention, though. He'd probably be on Paco's list. That's fair. Paco has, like, he's told me, like, all right, there's a handful of guys I want to get drunk with just because I think it'd be a fun story. Mm-hmm. Just because I think I'd wake up in a park bench, like, half naked with a post-it note, like, hey, bro, I had a fun time. <laughs> Well, when you talk about being cut from, like, the same cloth, like, I do feel, like, a little bit, oh, you know, yeah. a little bit I'm like, Paco is 100% from the Joey Diaz cloth. <laughs> All right, cocksucker. <laughs> Man, I got to work really hard to get to the cloth, Simon. Gandalf, Kobe, Al Davis. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've gone to Paco, like, look, Paco, I got this problem. Tell me what you got, Kakazuka. <laughs> it's just like smoking a cigarette. Right. Once you start smoking, don't worry about it. Tell me what your problem is. <laughs> oh, he uh, actually used to smoke all the time when he was bartending. <laughs> Which but, had, he's bartending again. Well, this makes a lot of sense for you, though, Marcos. I mean, yeah, he did all of those things you mentioned. Do you want to be I, governor I of California? <laughs> be governor of Texas. Fuck it. Well, when it comes to things that he did, that one of the, like there was little because he, he his degree was in psycho- psychology, mm-hmm. so there was little things that he did that were always kind of like playing on top of just being really skilled. Just playing, <laughs> his brain was also a very sharp weapon, right? Like some of the some of the Mister Olympias that he won, it's just like he would study people a little bit and be like, oh, this guy's like 
not se- is very sensitive about his calves or something. <laughs> right. And, and then he'd be like, oh, man, like your legs look a little small here today. Right. Like just trying to say something like poking them so they're right. less confident. Get them off uh, their game. Uh, yeah. And then I remember like one of the things that I always heard about, like when he first moved to America, like he wasn't anything. Right. He was just so, doing handyman type stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he uh, he used to be a bricklayer, right? Yeah. And he used he was like, oh, I'm gonna say like, um, it. I forgot how he advertised it. He is he was like artisanal uh, something bricklaying, mm-hmm. um, made with Eastern European technology, and it's just like him. I, it's just, it's yeah, just him. <laughs> he is the Eastern European. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, man! What's the secret behind your strong bricks? Cocainum. <laughs> <laughs> and then when he pumps, it feels like he's coming all the time. <laughs> Every I've time actually, I pump, I come. I've actually never watched that documentary, but I. I did watch the E movie based on him. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Who plays Arnold Schwarzenegger? I don't I don't uh, know. the same guy that played uh Roland Kickinger in, or no, Roland Kickinger, I think is the actor's name. He was on Son of the Beach. Sure. <laughs> Hold on, what was the name of the bo- you said it was a oh my god, it's ding, this guy. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> is this it? Bio well, it's one of the biopics he has. I don't know if it was the one you were talking about. No, that's not the one I saw. I saw a very cheap, like, A&E movie. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but I just remember that... <laughs> <laughs> the Lifetime movie of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it was, that's basically what it was. But I just remember him, like, having they a really... They got a guy my size. They did Lord of the Rings. They did Lord of the Rings, the depth perception. <laughs> after he's not governor of California, but they have... Like the story, oh, like so they could get a guy. He's shrinking, <laughs> probably. So they do do the story of him running for governor, and then it's just like, all right, we're gonna do a test for the debate. And I forgot who the Democrat was, but apparently it was a woman. Oh, I and forgot. I only remember that because he made it a very like Mary Carey. Like yeah. it was a oh that, no, that was she was one of the many, I believe. Yeah. Well, he ran on a recall. Like that's when he first got <laughs> elected because Californians love recalling the governors once in a while. <laughs> Um, so it's Seth our national Reagan. past, <laughs> like the French. Um, but I just remember, like, all right, we're gonna do practice for the debate, and he says this really misogynistic joke, but it was just him joking, like literally. And he was like, "No, dude, I'm not gonna say that." It was just, but it was just he was running against a woman. It's like. Uh, what would you say about blah 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 at immigration? I'd be like, why are you out of the kitchen? Like he just oh said God. something like that. <laughs> Jesus and, Christ! And he was and he was like, I'm just getting it. I'm just want everyone to chill out on the fucking floor kind of thing. But I always just thought it was. God. I mean, he's still a white guy from the '60s. Oh, I, I get it. I get it. No, I get it. I get it. I was in California when His that happened. His dad is a Nazi. <laughs> this is progress. <laughs> he's getting there. He's, he's getting there. He might have gotten there. And yeah, man, now he's chilling on a ranch with Look, donkeys. Bro, I'm and- grading on the curve. <laughs> when your dad's a Nazi, <laughs> you figure things out. Yeah. Well, that's your number one. Arnold Schwarzenegger. JJ, bring us home. What's your number one? My number one. All right, it's not. It's not actually dumb. <laughs> I'm okay. sorry if I didn't disappointed anyone in the audience expecting something stupid. It's Cat Williams. You can see Cat Williams tomorrow. By <laughs> I the way. know it's four hundred dollars. <laughs> well, no, yeah, I saw the Cat Williams ticket, Cedar Park, and I go, "What's the cheapest God, ticket? Four hundred dollars? Yeah, no, the front row's thousand sixty-two. Not worth it. Not worth it. No." <laughs> I'll just hire an eighth grader to fight him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it'll probably be cheaper. Right. Like, hey, bro. You, can you guys buy porn? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I don't know what eighth graders are into. 
Okay, by the way, Joe Jira does know JJ. Joe Jira does watch the show. Number one, Johnny Sins. <laughs> honorable mention, honorable mention. Not too clever, that Johnny Sins, but sure. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't want to have dinner with Johnny Sins. I know how that ends. <laughs> sausage pizza. No, no but uh, my number one is a guy who's alive right now, so potential goal okay i would like to go over to this man's house he seems also cut from the same cloth mm -hmm. speaks my mother tongue okay the language of the motherland if you will not dusty Rhodes. <laughs> oh he's a spaniard <laughs> no no <laughs> antonio bandera no i don't know if he's spanish anyway continue he is he is yeah but also no not uh my number one uh, I grew up watching whatever was on Canal 5, Canal 3. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times, that was horror movies. Hammer Dracula, Frankenstein. <laughs> Hammer Dracula. <laughs> and sometimes it was El Santo versus Frankenstein. <laughs> okay. Yes. But... uh. This dude is out there just making his art, doing things his own way, won an Oscar for it, and is bringing the voice of the people out there. Guillermo del Toro. Oh, my God. I number want one. to have dinner, lunch. I want to sleep in his basement. <laughs> <laughs> I want to, I I want want to be one of his creatures. <laughs> I want to be the weird thing that like lives in his bathtub. Like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's great, man. That's a great number I, one. I, uh, so I... When I saw Blade 2... <laughs> <laughs> we're in all, all great things start. We're all well, great things yeah, start, to yeah. be fair. Like, uh, Blade 2 is super underrated when people, super are like, <laughs> when people are like, these are my top five comic movies. I'm like, mm, Blade, Blade 2. two. <laughs> it's right there. You know, not just Blade 2, Hellboy 2. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. There's that alley scene where all the monsters... That's super scary. Hellboy... <laughs> I still quote Hellboy 2 to this day. There is not a moment where me and my brother are playing online mm -hmm. and like a boss shows up and is like, oh, fuck, this guy looks like a heavy. Like, I'm going to have to, you know, like actually try. Every time that happens, every time there's that cinematic, that moment where it's like, fuck, got to take off the suspenders, got to. All right. I go like, oh, I got to get big baby. <laughs> <laughs> and that's from Hellboy 2, right? man. Right. Toro. And yeah, I get knocked down, and I'm like, hey, you woke up the baby. There you go. <laughs> RPG. Like, no, nah, but there's a... So, me being bilingual, this won't translate to anyone who doesn't speak Spanish. That's fine. But there's a lot of videos of him just, like, going to colleges. Right, and, I've seen some of those, yeah. In Mexico City and smaller like villages in Mexico, and well, he's he like, stopped making movies for a little bit after he won an Oscar for Shape of Water, and he's like, now time to give back to the community. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's just like people will ask him, like, how do I achieve greatness? Like, how do I become you? How do I get my voice out there? Mm -hmm. And he gives like the most sage advice, and he's like. 
Hazlo, cabrón. Just do it right. It's the, it's the most sage advice in the most Mexican way. Like, hazlo, cabrón. Tienes tiempo. Right. Tienes todo lo que necesitas. Right. Ahí está. La tecnología te alcanzó. Like, uh, there's, a, there's a quote from uh, Spike Lee, mm -hmm. another filmmaker who I also respect heavily. I don't always agree with, like, the way he's portrayed and, like, some of his attitude in the media. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to a degree, I get his anger and I get why he's the way he is. Right. I probably would be Spike Lee myself if I had. <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, one of the things he said that really stuck with me, especially, you know, from my era where, like, I grew up and by high school we had YouTube. Mm -hmm. By, like, five years later, we had iPhones that filmed that that recorded stuff in theater quality right um spike lee said that uh when i went to film school we weren't like after the accolade we weren't after the degree we weren't after anything we mm. wanted access to the equipment right that's all we fucking wanted and guillermo del toro is kind of like cut of the same cloth where he's like you guys have the stories You guys have the drive. Right. If I grew up at the era that you guys are growing up in, like, cabrón, ya está hecho. Es pan comido. Like, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, just go out there. Be you. Tell your story. Mm -hmm. um, And going on with that sage advice, I mean, this is just a small clip that I found, but, like, I think I've seen this one here, but, like, everything he does, and you mentioned with your upbringing and our upbringing, um has that Mexican flair and that understanding of it too. Right, yeah, yeah. Because there's like, obviously you out there have your own culture. You know that you have certain things that not all everybody understands, certain things in your family you understand. But Mexico is so broad and big and ingrained in the US, a lot of those things kind of bleed over. And so you get to certain things and, and you see a guy that crossed over like he did that's able to tell our stories and our feelings through a lens that is you know in English and in Hollywood. And so people are open. He knows how to, to play that. the game, right? And I think he knows how to play the game a little bit better than Spike, right? But you also are a really joyful and loving person. Yes. So how do you find that balance? I'm Mexican. No one, no one loves life more than uh, we do in a way because we are so conscious about death. When you take in account the dark to tell the light, it's reality. So yeah, that that speaks to me a lot because, uh, as I've mentioned before, my grandma has Alzheimer's, mm. and this is really the first year that uh, all of us, like in the family, have kind of noticed that like grandma is not all there anymore i didn't know that jj grandma i'm so sorry and yeah. i know that probably doesn't do anything but i truly didn't know that and this is a moment where i'm like damn yeah no, i did it, not know that it, it it it's fine like yes yeah. it's, it's, it's life yeah like and it's just like how he says like we've always known this like mm -hmm. we've known since before the diagnosis right we've known since I was in high school. We've known since I was born right. that like this was coming. Mm -hmm. This is going to happen. It's just a matter of like 
how do we treat the ride towards it? Mm-hmm. And uh, there's something that uh, my grandma has always said that I don't know if we're going to go through with it. I hope we do, because I think in its own way, it's demented and beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna put her in. You're gonna put her. You're gonna put her in Blade Four. <laughs> I mean, if I could, I would. Believe me. Hey, Guillermo del Toro, can you put JJ's grandma in the next Guillermo del Toro movie? I, 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 she can be the lady in the walls. I would say when it comes to Guillermo del Toro's movie, his styles and stuff, this is why I hate Tim Burton movies. Where I'm like, <laughs> right, yeah, right, right. I'm like. I don't need that fucking whimsy. Give me this. Right. Give, right, me, yeah. Yeah, give me. Give me the reality. You're yeah. you're you're bordering so close on it, but you're not there. Right. <laughs> so what were you guys gonna do? Uh, so my grandma has always said that, like, we've always known this is coming. Like from the day I was born, mm-hmm. we've known this is coming. When I die at my funeral, I want you guys to hire a mariachi. To play me off mm-hmm. as you're setting me down, like right. as you're laying, laying me down. to rest in in the ground, mm-hmm. because I want you to all understand that despite like what's going on in front of you, mm-hmm. life goes on, right? And we're all going to see each other again in some way, right. some form. That's really nice, JJ. Your number I, one should have been Cavalier. <laughs> now here's I, another thing: JJ's mother's go, I, mother, grandmother's in the grave. I, I will, and I don't uh, appreciate that. I want to shine light on <laughs> Tina's comment, especially since she gave us so much money. Um, <laughs> so the only reason that Joji's not on my list is because Joji is—it's an age difference kind of thing. Like he took off like when I was in college, mm. kind of thing. Um, I grew up watching Smosh. I'm surprised Smosh is still around. Right. It, in um, way, yeah. But when it came to Joji, I w- I've seen his stuff in the rearview mirror because I have a couple of friends that are a little bit younger around Tina's age, which five years, not a big difference, but it is a big difference on what it's the difference between growing up watching um, <coughs> growing up watching Dora and growing up watching Barney. Right. Like, right. Right. It's, it's certain, not much. The, yeah. And so when they talk about Joji, I'm like. God damn, that dude is talented, and I don't, oh, yeah. I'm not, super I'm not talented. super aware, but like the, he's very self-deprecating. It's like I'm the pink guy, and it's, right. it is legitimately hilarious. And then when he turns it around and writes the one of the most gut wrenching love songs that I've ever right. heard, heard in my life, right? I was like, damn, like I wish I knew more about this guy. But, I mean, I do try to dig into it, but um, yeah, I am impressed by that pig, Tina. Well, and if you make us more Maggie, popular, we can do it. <laughs> Maggie, uh, I'll just say this. There's a reason I learned how to play guitar. <laughs> so your number one should have been Cat Williams. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of all this mariachi crying shit going on here. I'm sorry. I had to do it because I will cry again. Uh, but it's okay to cry. And that's how I'm going to end this podcast. Because mo- Mostly because, one fucking heartwarming and I can't just let the mood sit like I'm not Theo Vaughn <laughs> I can't just sit in my well, tears he, Theo Vaughn goes on for 15 more minutes after Sean cries well, that's fair <laughs> but we've already done three hours and I said we need to do shorter shows and then I do a three hour show uh, this well, probably I mean, be into- when I went four hours I was depressed too I had oh, a once. sad hard week and then it was just kind of like 
just me with the buds sometimes, and then the audience helps a lot. So you the mean. audience yeah. does help a lot. Thank you, audience. Look at I'm gonna scroll through everybody, so everybody's name gets flashed there for a little bit. But yeah. um, don't worry about me, guys. I'll be all right. I always am. I always figure out a way so you saw if you saw the intro which i'm definitely splitting into two <laughs> we're definitely splitting this uh pre-show and then, and well, then podcast. i was gonna ask maybe there's a little bit of insider baseball but like if we are just naturally going to three hours wouldn't it be better to make a natural stopping point in most of our podcasts and just like patreon it or what no no like the sports podcast you could release half of it on wednesday and the other half on friday no it's that stuff's too relevant this we could do anyway but no what we'll do is we'll do the just right now we'll do the pre-show sorry key we'll do the pre-show separately we'll do and you'll have already seen this by now it's already done for you uh but then we'll do the uh second part the actual show as its own thing because that'll be probably two hours in its own right um because uh yeah that's the way time works. But um, yeah, thank you for your support, everybody. I, I saw some people in the, my messages already on the break giving me Goku Spirit Bomb powers. And I absorb that power and, and, and try to make it for good. Um, but really, more importantly, more important than anything, you need to give me the power to kill that fucking squirrel. If I don't have the power to kill that fucking <laughs> squirrel, none of this matters. And, and I'm going to have no internet. That, that, the, the power <laughs> doesn't come from like people. It comes that, from peanut butter. <laughs> I was gonna say I'm it, gonna poison it, some peanut butter. It, it comes from Academy peanut Sports and Outgoers. So, buy a go buy a buy a hammer like that guy. <laughs> just have you have the hammer right behind. And just like, Actually, <laughs> like you know those cartoon like Tom and Jerry traps. That right, you, those are probably the most humane way. To the snaps it. ones will yeah 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 because yeah. yeah. it's instant. Like it's oh no, but I need like a big like, one though. It's like when the squirrels they're the the black ones with they like, do the make, hook. I like, mean, if it's boom. a possum, that yeah. But I don't have roof access. I don't have I don't have attic access. That's the other they, problem. They, oh, you leave the peanut butter like anywhere? <laughs> they will balcony. find it. Yeah, I'm about to kill me some. Oh, I don't want squirrels on my porch, <laughs> on my on my peanut, balcony. Peanut like is one of the most like pungent like in terms of like aromas, right? Uh, or potent. Potent <laughs> is what I mean. Rico <laughs> said you a hammer and peanut butter. <laughs> potent, yeah. Like if you have like any type of rodent problem, even if it's like rats right. or mice, peanut butter, and one of them like snapback like. Done. <laughs> a question for the chat. Should I poison some peanut butter? Let me know in the comment section down below. Also, hammer and peanut butter is also my de- <laughs> is my dessert portion of my pharmaceutical spoon and fizz. So thank you so much for joining us, Marcus. Thank you more than I could say on air. JJ, thank you uh, about as much as I could say on air. <laughs> and thank all of you. Thank you for everything you always do. And I appreciate it. And uh, it's time to go. Let's go. Bye, everybody. We'll see you Tuesday. Bye, Playoffs, baby. Playoffs. We're talking about playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs. Playoffs? Everyone's going to see playoffs.